Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. You know, cross around the world, go around different countries. It's gonna yeah. be amazing. So, okay, here we go. I'm gonna give you a little introduction, and then we'll just talk. Okay. You ready, sir? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Good afternoon, and welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats, where we broadcast the most super, natural, and compelling voices and stories from our Space Lab studio here in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan. A gemstone is a piece of mineral crystal which, after it is cut and polished, is used to make jewelry, adornments, or perhaps prized as a store of wealth, an investment, a safeguard. The traditional classification going back to the ancient Greeks is to divide gemstones into two categories, precious and semi-precious. The classical precious stones are as follows, emerald, ruby, sapphire, and diamond, with all other gemstones considered semi-precious, at least in the past. Though these fantastic four tend to have a reputation that continues to exceed all other gemstones, the opal, amethyst, aquamarine, peridot, cat's eye, and even pearl, which is not strictly a gemstone, have been popular and thus considered precious as well. Other names that might sound familiar include topaz, tourmaline, lapis lazuli, garnet, quartz, zircon, moonstone, and turquoise, while some of the more rare or unusual gemstones come in a variety of exotic names like andalusite, axonite, cassiterite, clinohumite, tanzanite, jadeite, red beryl, and painite. As for what gives rise to the value of any particular gemstone, many factors contribute. If a diamond is a girl's best friend, then the four C's, cut, color, clarity, and carrots, will likely dictate the quality and thus value, and maybe even longevity of that courtship. Other characteristics that influence the market value of any particular gemstone include origin, rarity, hardness, translucency, freedom from defects, the beauty of the stone, simple demand, or even notoriety. To wit, as the Chinese proverb goes, a gem is not polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. In today's episode, we'll sit down with a man who has cut and polished a hard knock life out of the gemstone business. A life full of friction, trials and tribulations, travel, adventures, discoveries, fortunes lost and gained, near-death experiences, a cast of dark and colorful characters, and tales radiating with such refulgence, you might think they were the holiest of fictions. Our story begins once upon a time in northern India, to bustling Mumbai, down to the tropical island of Ceylon, aka Sri Lanka, 
over to the city of gems, Chantaburi, Thailand, with journeys across the border into Cambodia and Myanmar, eventful excursions across the oceans to the great mother continent of Africa, wiggling through the dangerous copper belt of northern Zambia, to the United States and the glimmering diamond district of New York City, Miami Beach, and of course, all the way here to Taiwan. So, without further ado, let us freestyle chat by the fireside, create, connect, communicate, and mine these precious stories from the mountain that is the life of our illustrious guest for this latest episode of Firelight Chats, the one and only Dr. Gemstone Drew, aka Wong the Food. <laughs> Yeah, welcome, a, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Dr. Thank Drew. You. Thank you. That's a very nice introduction. First of all, you spelled every gem correctly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, I tried very hard. Yeah. I was uh, worried that I was going to pronounce one incorrectly, but... Yeah, you, you did very well with that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. Drew. <laughs> that is very high praise coming from a man like yourself. So in front of us, we have... I think all of those four. Oh, except for the diamond, right? Yeah, we have. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do have. We do have a diamond as well. Yeah. We have the emeralds. Yeah, so we have the sapphires. We have the four main. The four main it's powerhouse. Called, it's called Durs. D-E-R-S. Diamond, oh. emerald, ruby, sapphire. Oh, Durs. Okay. Yeah. That's how we can remember. Yeah. We it's have the Durs in front of us. You will see them in the pictures as well. It is crazy. It is beautiful as well. <laughs> And the interesting thing about them is not mm. only do they cover a wide range of colors, but they also have a long story. You were mentioning before that if you follow the story of even one single gem, uh, yeah, it travels it's, around the world. It's, it's like a gem. Each of them have a lifespan. They start traveling from the mine and it comes out. It goes to the cutting factories and further it will go to the gem dealers. And from there, the gem dealer will always take it to the laboratory. Mm. for a certification because remember people are investing money serious money it's not you know like something they want to be make sure that the gem is real mm -hmm. it's legit and it is what it is what they are saying what they are claiming money for so for appraising the gem it's always taken to uh, i'm just taking some reference like gia mm -hmm. right it's one of the most famous ones. Especially for diamonds. Especially for diamonds. And then in Thailand, we do have a lot of labs, which are like private labs, I would say, but they, they're nice. It all came up later to the gemology part. When I started, I had no idea I would go for gemology, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go from there to where yeah. this story all begins. As I mentioned in the introduction that our story begins in northern India. So let us tell this tale of where this man comes from who did not come from a gem family, which is also very yeah. interesting. As you said, you're right. I don't come from a gem family. My parents are into automobiles. Mm. And I had no idea when I started, like I was quite young and I saw James Bond movie and I saw a bag with him and he said like, this bag is worth million. Right. And I was wondering why such a small thing can be worth million, you know? That's interesting. And I'm like 12 or 13 that time. And I'm still thinking about it, playing and thinking, doing right. my regular things. And so I was like 17 when I first moved out for this to explore my imagination about whatever I want to know about gems and uh, diamonds, right? Exactly. And at this time, did your parents support this idea of yours? 
Uh, no. Sounds like you were more like James Bond. <laughs> Carving your own path in life. Yeah, I mean, my dad definitely said a big no. And his idea originally was if you're on your own, probably after one or two days when you don't get food, you will come back home. So when I was leaving, he was like, do you have enough savings? Are you are you out of your mind? I mean, what are you going to do? Right. Mumbai is is a tough city. Exactly. And why you're even going there? I told him that in Delhi, as I'm from Delhi, and I was living in old Delhi. I was born in old Delhi. So old Delhi is a walled city mm. surrounded by the Persian Empire and Mughal Empire and then later British. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of history of that place itself. So I think one reason I got more close to this industry is because of that region where I was born. It's very easy to access the historical museums and all those places. Mm. And you can find some artifacts. So basically, when I started traveling around the Persian market, it used to be a Durheba, which is now called Tareba. Okay. So Durheba was uh, the Persian name given by the Persians when they started trading in the northern India, right? Mm. So made that place the capital of whatever pearls trading they were doing there and uh, turquoise, some gems, but not much. So that place, I started traveling around 17 and <laughs> started looking, exploring everything. And I found something that, that made me some money for the beginning, yeah? Right. I bought a secondhand diamond ring and I went to the goldsmith and I didn't know the diamonds are real. So I melted for the gold. Oh. But I kept the diamond thinking them as a glass or whatever because I had no knowledge that time. Okay. After a few days, I just went to see one of my friends there. He was my school friend and his dad was a jeweler like generations, right? And he saw those things and he offered me, he said like, I can offer you 20,000 bucks for that. He said, I'm like, what? 20,000 for this? I bought it for, I told him like, uh, it's something that I just get it. And, and then I stopped because I thought that if I tell him my story, right? how did I get those? He won't pay Not me that money. a good idea, money. exactly. Or he'll get it himself. <laughs> yeah. So. This is like rupees. Yeah. That time rupees was a dollar like 42 Mm. So it was a uh, not a very big amount, but for Indian money, it was big. That exactly, time. and you're young for a 17 year old. It's a uh, good money. Exactly. <laughs> so I quickly sell it. I put the modifications on my motorbike. Okay, <laughs> on the automobile. Automobile. So yeah, I mean that was going like this, you know. Huh. And then I started buying a lot of secondhand jewelry. Okay. I went to each and every antique shops and I asked them, whatever you have, can you show me? And I have no idea. I have no loop. It's just by my gut feeling. I'm just buying and selling and right. buying and selling. Just hoping you have a profit. Just hoping to fly to Mumbai. Right. <laughs> I see. But I didn't have enough money to take a flight that time. Okay. But I was able to get money for paying my rent, my food. So either I can buy the flights, live, you know, like that sort of life, or either I can just pay for the room there, mm -hmm. right? So I chose the most cheapest train and I put my bag on and a few of my friends, they came to drop me and they were crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? They're like, oh my God, you're so emotionless. I mean, you're leaving us and you're asking us why you were crying. And I'm right. like, that's fine. I mean, I'm just going Mumbai. I'm not, hmm. not going to be... Not like I'm going Delhi to Thailand forever, and, right? right. <laughs> 
But maybe some of them had that feeling that this guy will not come back. So what was this train ride like? It was a it's a long one too, from it Delhi took, it to took like twenty eight hours exactly to arrive to Mumbai and super crowded, super crowded, not very and clean. The bags were yeah, definitely. I'm talking like big time before, like twenty years back. Exactly. So, so I've been time, on a Mumbai train. It wasn't nice, and it was pretty <laughs> modern. Oh my god. <laughs> The worst part is I stopped eating in the train because I don't want to share the toilet. Yeah, right. That's so the worst thing. Make it twenty-two hours straight yeah. if you can. I kept on drinking water, <laughs> and whenever I feel hungry, I just you know we do a little bit gargle something like you just right. take some water and then spit it out. Right. I just don't want to just get don't dry. Die. And yeah. I had a tea on the way, Indian tea, masala okay. tea. That's a good tea. Okay. Nice cha. Nice cha. But my focus was to find the place and the college I enrolled okay. for learning about diamond and gemology. Wow. So I had to go anyway. So the moment I landed in Mumbai, I just went to a lodge and put my bag, and I straight away rushed to eat something. Hmm. Went to a nice hotel because you know most of the five star hotels they don't mind if you use their toilet, right? Oh yes, okay. I find a place close to you know like a big hotel. It's at Cherney Road. It's uh, at uh -huh. the Mar Marine Drive. Yes. So it is one of the most nicest places in Mumbai. I just go there, use the toilet, shower myself. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I use the room as well. There were so many rooms open. I just went inside, take shower, come back quickly. Nobody knows a shit. Oh, really? I took the lift, come down. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> in the lift, there was a guy with the cookies. I picked up some cookies. You were living like a VIP. Yeah, and the a seventeen-year-old kid. I think I, I always get away with my dressing because I was dressed up nicely that time. Even though I was not really having a lot of money, I was looking nice. And then right. the guy allowed me to pick up a few of those cookies. It's a guest, and he's like, "Oh, please, sir, please, thank you." And uh, he just let me do whatever I can, and then I quickly left from there because I don't want to be caught, you know. Right. <laughs> So I went straight to the u university and I enrolled. I signed the papers, everything. And I'm like, dude, this mission is done. Now I can go to see my friends. You know, I had some contacts like my father's brothers, uncles and all those. Okay. But then, you know, I had something in the back of my mind. If they called my dad. Right. And then they told me to go back. You have nowhere to Mumbai is for them. It's very easy to do anything because I was a minor, and they are very powerful. They can do whatever. I see. So I I did contact them, but after three months, oh, when I was already after you got settled, settled down and you know staying and there, had some escape routes planned as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I made some connections within my school. You know, like wow. uh, all those friends, and they're like fifth, fourth generation rich millionaires kids, right? Because that's a typical route, right? To go yeah. into the gem business. Yeah, because you need a lot of investment. Exactly. That's the first thing you need, which I didn't have that I time. Know. From New Delhi. <laughs> yeah. From the north. Yeah. And then this guy, he's a millionaire's son, and he used to have a lunch every day with me after the school. And he taught me a lot. Mm. It started from there. And, and then he kind of let me borrow some of his uh, gem Ooh. as consignment. Okay. 
And I started selling within Mumbai during my other days. Like whenever I get a break, I would just walk around the streets and I sold. And he was impressed. He's like, you can take whatever you want because your sales is pretty fast, even mm. much faster than my boys here at my store. I'm paying salary. You don't even have any salary. But I told him I've sold double. I don't need your salary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would I need your salary exactly. anyway? Your salary is small. Yeah. I can just sell. I can just sell myself. Exactly. And uh, I think in gem business, a lot of people are not so educated. Yes. So that was an edge mm. for me because I came from a nice school background. And, you know, when you, you have done something very good in the past, it always pays. Mm. And education is a, is a very good thing, which always pays you well. Exactly. So even though I didn't have that age number for experience, but I did have that edge of education compared to those kids right. or a lot of gem industry competitors who are just, they are not enrolling anywhere. They're not studying about gem. They're just, it's like ancestral property. Mm -hmm. They have to sell. Just passing it down. Passing just it down. doing what they have to do. Yeah. So a lot of them really take it for granted. And there comes people like us. Right. The hustlers. Who want to take advantage. The outsiders. <laughs> yeah. And they say, oh, come on, show me what you have in your store. And then we just buy anything like, like right. a surprise. You know, the, the thing that really stopped me staying in India at that time was the culture. As my culture is a mixed culture. My, right. My dad is uh, not Indian, right? And my mom is Indian. Yes. So I always saw that mixed culture and I always felt like an outsider there in Mumbai as well. Like a lot of things were not matching with my point of view. Mm. And uh, it's pretty traditional in yeah. some way. It's the capital. So, it's, so mm -hmm. it's a financial hub, right? Yep. And they are like pretty systematic. Like if you're not a part of our clan or our group, then you're probably outsider. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. So they don't treat you the same way they would treat a guy from their community. So it's a lot of communal thing in India. Exactly. Very in business. Caste, caste system, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of secrecy. So they won't open the secrets. And I was dying to know the secrets of this industry. Other than me learning by myself, I need someone to educate me. Not only in terms of gemology, I needed someone to educate me for the in-depth knowledge, you know, that someone who knows you personally as a friend or something can do that. And also... There was no martial arts in Mumbai. Ooh, so, <laughs> yeah. And I was dying to learn some martial arts. Okay. How quickly did it last in Mumbai then? When did you reach that few, kind of ceiling? It's like 19, couple of years couple I spent A couple of years there. of hustling on the streets of Mumbai. And all those local train trips. I'm telling you just little experience, not right. the bad things. I was listening <laughs> songs in my mobile. <laughs> and suddenly I realized that my headphone is still on my head and I can't hear anything. Huh. And then after a few minutes later, I found that a guy from the top of the train just climbed and he took my mobile phone. Oh. And that time it was a Nokia N91. Mm. It was like luxurious, a luxurious, nice music phone. And, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, dude, what happened? I mean, this is crazy. I'm just hanging on the pole. You know, like people in the local train, they right. they always the does. pole. And, and then you have to hold the pole. Either you can hold the pole or you will fall down. Yes. So when he was stealing that phone, my hands were stuck. Right. And right. there are people, both sides. Right, everywhere. And I'm looking at him like this. <laughs> just watching him what? take your phone. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, and this is like very regular thing in, of course. in the train. Everyday in, life. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the bad experiences. But yeah, food is good. Oh. It's pretty cheap there. I would say even mm. cheaper than Delhi. Like the, 
if you do the night market stuff, mm. you know, it's okay. It's okay. fine. The renting is quite expensive in Mumbai. Of course. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so expensive. Right. And I used to live in the suburbs to go to the main. It's like, you know, I have to stay in maybe Taoyuan to Taoyuan, come to Taipei. All the way out to Taoyuan. Yeah, it's somewhere like that. So yeah. I used to travel every day, like an hour and a half. Wow. So I have to start like six to arrive at eight to my class. Oh, man. And what were uh, you learning at this school? I was learning gemology. I was pursuing gemology. And uh, in the daytime, like afterwards, I would go for the market to see and observe how they are doing. It's a lot of drama, a lot of Bollywood in the gems market. Ooh, like they are always trying to make the numbers high by making stories to them. But I didn't go that way. I wanted to be enlightened. I just don't want to just keep on doing like selling and just, you know, blindly. Mm. You know, something which I don't even know. And people are offering me. So I should know the real world of what I'm doing. So that search took me to Sri Lanka, right? Right. Afterwards. <laughs> so that's yeah. the transition to Ceylon. Yeah. The neighbor to the south. Yeah. And uh, at that time, the civil war was getting close to the end. Right. There the was Tamil. a war between the Tamil Tigers and uh, the, the, the Sinhalese, basically. The Sinhalese, the yeah. The government. The Indian side picked up support of the Sinhalese and they destroyed the Tamil Tigers that time. Mm-hmm. I have always loved both of them, like mm. Sinhalese and the Tamils. They're nice people, lovely people. I apart. love Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is really it's nice like place. one of the greatest countries, the nicest people on the planet. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. like super friendly, very nice and some good food as well. Exactly. Spicy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah unless you tell them like, uh, I don't want too much spicy. Exactly. They will, You'll die. You'll die. Well, <laughs> if you're a foreigner. <laughs> yeah. So there, that time was regular checkups. Oh. And uh, they will just come anytime to check like where you're from and uh, why you were here in Sri Lanka because the government was on high alert. Yes. I don't know why always I picked up places like this, but it's just... <laughs> you're going, following the gems. <laughs> yeah, it's like going side by side with the gem industry, right? Right, 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 right. Sri Lanka is the gem hub of Asia, but I found something that is very unusual about Sri Lanka that the people there, they will mine the stone and they will go to Thailand Mm. for some treatment. And I was really thinking about it. Why and what in the world is in Thailand? Because why every Sri Lankan is going to Thailand every week? That's so frequent, right? Interesting. Yeah. So I told my partner and uh, I said, maybe let's go to Thailand and let's see what is there. Hmm. Because uh, there is something which we don't know yet about the industry. Even though Sri Lanka is itself uh, the mother of sapphires. Right. Exactly. The largest source. And my partner told me that, yeah, we should try. And we went to Thailand. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's a crazy Thailand trip. Uh, Cathay Pacific just started their flights and we just booked and we're heavy going. A little business trip to take a look at this other market. Yeah. So that was your first touch with Thailand. That was my first touch. And it went on like three times, maybe I went there back to back. Suddenly, Sri Lanka started looking boring. Oh, really? Because um, the thing is, in Sri Lanka, there was nothing much that time to do because a lot of civil war thing was getting relaxed, but the border restrictions were still not really that much good. Mm -hmm. So not many tourists at that time. But it was super cheap. I mean, you can just do anything in Sri Lanka without losing any money. I mean, I felt like I didn't spend anything. 
Oh, wow. Almost one third of India that time. So let's say if I was spending 500 US dollar in India, in Sri Lanka, I would hardly spend 150. Okay. It was so cheap. So at one side, I'm thinking about, I should not leave this place. Right. Because it's so, it's easy. so it's convenient so to make money and live here. Right. But then the other side, something is like, you know, it's like the devil is calling you. Exactly. You know, like, come here. The Thai devil is calling <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, the devil is like, come here. It's, come like, here. it's like Lucifer guiding exactly. you to the other side. Sawadika. Sawadika. <laughs> uh, ma Thailand ka. Exactly. So in Sri Lanka, were you in Colombo in the capital? Or were you in maybe Ratnapura, which is kind yeah. of a yeah, gem yeah, yeah, yeah. capital, right? I, I was in Ratnapura. Okay. And, uh, but I would spend most of the time in Beruwala. Beruwala is a place where 99% people are Islam. Okay. And they are pretty much friendly with the Indian population. So they would allow people to stay in their houses. They're very nice people. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think the nicest people I ever met is from Beruwala on really? this planet. Yeah. One of the nicest. They're so good. That's interesting. A yeah. Muslim enclave in Sri Lanka. And they have beautiful houses, man. I mean, the way they make their houses. Their like mosques. ancient Islamic architecture. Yeah, it's, it's like... You know, like almost you're in Iran or yeah, Persia yeah, yeah. or something like that. It's beautiful architects. And these guys are super rich and super generous and right. down to earth. They don't even wear like Nike or something. Mm. They just use their simple their loafers. Or, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're, they have their own apron, something like that. Mm. You know, they're, their own attire, very traditional. And, and just trade business. That's very Islamic trade, history, right? Trade business is, uh, I think they hold two things. Mm. They hold the trade business and the other one I won't say here. Okay. <laughs> that, okay. That's that's the other. You'll have to exactly. Too. So you have to use uh, your imagination, <laughs> yes. or go there yourself. Well, we can we can just imagine what's the other thing exactly. that money can be taken out. So uh, they would do uh, gems, mm. and they are good with the cutting. But still, I mean, Thailand, I give more credit. Okay. Because Thailand is more like it has Europeans, Americans, Russians, Sri Lankans, right? All sorts of cutters. So when they combine their, you know. Their skills, their, skills, their talent. Some, something come out altogether very unique. A lot of research going on there, constant research. The labs are trying to find out what is happening. The research teams are trying to find out new treatments. So it's a fight. Like the cops are trying to catch the thief. The thief is trying to be over smart than the cop. Right. So like we are in the cop thing, you mm. know, like we are playing the cops in this story. So we are trying to catch up with them, like what they have done with the new gem, what is happening. Right. The new technology. The, 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 new, new, the new gem, the new technology is all together. Like you can't even think about how many treatments are there. It's so hard. But we don't want to say that don't do that treatment but we want to know what's the treatment and the price can be according to that we did our part we have researched a lot and uh, we have been doing in taiwan as well mm. but in thailand those years have uh, a lot of impact on my life you know like i learned martial arts to protect myself because there were constant robbing constant beating in the streets in the bars okay before we go to thailand we are almost there <laughs> what age did you leave sri lanka it was like a uh, 19 plus okay yeah 
Wow. So this is only like... I mean, I went to Sri Lanka. I was 19. And then like 21 was the first time I went to Thailand. For good. Yeah. Okay. So So a couple years in Sri Lanka as well. Yeah. Okay. So looking back on Sri Lanka, what is one thing that you learned there? I I learned that you can be friendly and you can make connections very quickly. Okay. That's one thing which helped me a lot. I see. Prepared uh, you for Thailand. Yeah, even any country. If I act as a Sri Lankan, like you're in the lift. And if I'm a Sri Lankan, I'm like, hello, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Are you coming first time? Sri Lanka, you like? (laughs) It'll work anywhere. Yeah. Any help I can do? I mean, if you are there as a foreigner and someone asks you suddenly and you're like, please help me out. I just want to find this cafeteria. Where is it? Those times, no Google, you know, and uh, no Google translators. So Sri Lanka was English partially. So they can speak English. Right. Even in the toilets, they will ask you for a tip, but they will ask in English. So basically, it's a lot of English there. And for me, from the English school, it was like, oh, that's a nice place to live and make money. Right. And Thailand, I use those things and I took it as a memory from Sri Lanka, as a learning. Whatever I learned about the gems, most importantly, I learned about the quality Mm. there and the origins. So I can't identify all the origin, but I know which is from Sri Lanka. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you were laying out a lot of gems in front of me and it's like, this this is from from Sri Lanka. This is from from Myanmar. Yeah. So if you know something, then the other things you don't need to know. So Mm. this is the first step of my learning from Sri Lanka. But yeah, it was uh, very tough to move from there to Thailand because Sri Lanka is very cheap and Thailand was almost double than India. So Sri Lanka Mm. was one third of India. Right. So it's, right. it's so a, exponential exponential growth, growth <laughs> but you make money in thailand so it's mm. nothing i mean you just pay you just into, make up for it you make up for it yeah hustle hustle so did you go directly to bangkok or yeah, bangkok. Okay. bangkok at bangkok 21 years airport. old bangkok airport but straight to chandaburi oh wow really because my whole point to be in thailand was to see chandaburi to go to the gem capital the city to of go gems to the city of gems the city of the moon and the city of the gems right 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 that's right you got enough yeah. knowledge exactly that. you learned a lot <laughs> i did a little research <laughs> you did your research chandaburi i went three times i didn't even go to any shopping outlets in bangkok i didn't even see bangkok for the first three times in thailand wow yeah that's how dedicated you were this is how bad i am i mean people (laughs) were calling me they were like you didn't bring my watch you didn't bring my shoes and i'm like you know those days like people have so much craze because a lot of products from china come to thailand thailand exactly and and very cheap yeah and the tvs leds lcd those days no led it was more lcd right the old school ones yeah they would call me this get me an lcd man right and the customs because i used to take a lot of gem they'll ask me bring me a 52 inch this time 37 inch oh goodness and they have their own <laughs> you had all so, these orders lined up yeah they're like i don't accept bribe but i won't mind the tv <laughs> i'm like okay right that's pretty sure whatever Lankan. works whatever yeah. works <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I found that people in general, like if you're nice, there are nice people everywhere. Yeah. If you just overlook all the bad things around you, then things go well in no time. And this is what happened when I got robbed the fourth time I was in Bangkok. So that was technically my first time in Bangkok train. Okay. It's called BTS, Bangkok yes, train system. Right. Yeah. Above ground. 
Yeah, yeah, above ground. And I took the train from, it's a station, CM station. Mm-hmm. And there is a hustle and a lot of people like changing the, the route for exactly. the for the track. I had a bag full of dollars and uh, I had uh, something with me, some gem. Oh. I don't know. There was a gang or something and they, they kind of hit me in the train. They dropped a lot of pamphlets, like paper pamphlets. And I'm like confused, yeah. you know, like. Right. And it's all gone. My passport, dollars. Wow. Everything. And I was going to pick up my bus from CM station to Chantaburi. No way. Yeah. And that's when I decided I will stay in this country now. It has a debt to pay me. It has a debt to pay you. Yeah. I have to make my money here because right. they, they I can't fucked, leave now. They fucked my They uh, fucked me immediately. And, yeah. So I need to work it back. Yeah. I'm going to go until I make it back plus <laughs> right? more. That's right. Wow. So that's the reason I had to stay in Thailand to make my passport, to get my visa. It took me about months and I paid uh, every day some money to overstay there because my visa was over. My passport still not done from Indian embassy. That's crazy. And you know what happened? I found my passport. No. They throw the passport later to some place and my passport was recovered. It was torn, but still good enough to travel back. That's really. unheard of. That's crazy. I that mean, crazy. they took all the money, they took everything, but they just throw my passport because they couldn't use it. It's Indian, Indian passport. passport. So, it, so yeah, they, they, can't, they can't put the pictures or sell to someone. It was not. Uh, it wasn't like a U.S. passport. U.S. passport. It would have been very valuable. Yeah, right. And, and they, in those times, in Indian passport, they would write some Hindi. Okay. Some Indian language. Yes. So how can you use that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this passport, no use. Mr. Drew, take your passport. Right, take your passport. You could have it. We yeah. want your gems and money. And I got a call from the recovery, like the lost and found department there. And they're like, there is a good news and a bad news. I said, give me the good news first. I haven't heard for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They said, we recovered your passport, but it's broken. It's torn. Some of the pages are gone. And I'm like, it's okay. Is it good to travel with this passport? I should try that first. I took the passport to the embassy, asked them. They said, it's fine. We can still depot you with this. You don't need a a fresh passport. They cancel my new application. Oh, really? You just kept this old souvenir of your first time in Bangkok. (laughs) that's a great souvenir in some way that's crazy man (laughs) and i told the story to some of the friends there in chantaburi and they were more sad than me and i was looking like like nothing happened they're like what happened i mean are you under some pressure because you didn't say anything and i'm like no i'm good and the next moment i was having chicken curry there oh amazing with a pakistani friend and and all of them are looking like oh my god look at this guy does he look like he lost everything (laughs) he's having chicken curry because the pakistani guy there was a rule if you sit on his office he would get some commission when you buy the gem Mm. but he would offer you food so i didn't buy anything but i sit every day oh nice you broke the rule (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean uh, that's kind of it works and by the time i was able to arrange the money next week and then i bought something so it balanced it balanced yeah but then it was good enough to you know for surviving for those days because uh, that's the only guy who can feed me (laughs) no way imagine an indian guy getting fed by a pakistani Pakistani uh, in thailand in thailand That to engender only in a movie, <laughs> only in a movie. Uh, yeah, it's like it's crazy. He didn't know what happened to me, and I actually that's the best part, you know. I never let people know what is going on. Oh. 
and let things be normal. I didn't tell him I lost or I need help or give me food. No. Right. I was like sitting like I have a million in my pocket and I'm going to buy everything tonight. And then this guy is like, what would you have? I said, Whatever. Chicken curry, please. It's, I said, it's okay. I'm very full. But if you want, I can have something. But I wasn't full. <laughs> you were hungry. I was hungry. <laughs> and uh, he's like, wow. oh, no, 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 please. You have to have this food. You know, this is one of our best cooking things. Like we organized with a friend of us. She's a Thai woman, but she cooks Pakistan food because she was being married to a Pakistani in the past. Okay. So she knows exactly she what, knows how what, to cook it. what spices she have to put. It's not actually Pakistan. It's like, it's the same like Indian food, more or less. Northern India. Ooh, so you're so felt I, at I'm home. Very, I'm very like, oh, I'm in Delhi. Wow. <laughs> this chicken curry is so familiar. And uh, after that, I decided I would stay here. I in Chantaburi. Uh, yeah, I would not leave this place. But people told me that Chantaburi gets boring in the weekdays. Right. So you have to find two homes. Weekend home should be Chantaburi and weekdays it should be thailand in bangkok right so i took two houses one in bangkok weekday yeah but for chandaburi i bought a package for a year for a hotel which gives breakfast in that oh nice as well so if i compare the rent of course it cost me more but then for the weekend only and then i pay for only those days exactly so when i average it's the same it's the same and you can relax and i can relax have and a nice meal i don't have to clean my room i just exactly. go there every week stay there do have some breakfast. business do business there get some food yeah and oh, even they nice. have massage Ooh, and just massage. pay 300 baht more and they will add on to your package it's like upgrade it's oh, called upgrade so okay you just are like a king in a small money because i paid for the year so i got 50 percent discount yes so you know this is something which i learned from a lot of jewish friends saving money and then reinvested because this is how the money can grow Mm -hmm. that's what i found myself and mm. i did it like i tried i tested and it keeps going better whenever i have that problem of uh, surviving like whatever happened in thailand i would just go back to this basic you know like yeah this basic uh, principle stop wasting a lot of money exactly and, uh, save money save money wherever but, I can. but every time my housing was pretty decent even the condominium i rented in thailand was uh, in life condominium it was one of the best condominiums in Bangkok. At, in Bangkok at Saton. So nice. I won't save money on that. Yeah. But I can definitely try to avoid uh, useless uh, bars and, you know, like uh, spending money unorganized way and drinking a lot or something. There's a lot of easy ways to lose money in Bangkok. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you, you know, right? You can easily uh, spend uh, 5,000, 10,000 baht, like $500 US easy in a night. Just go out and, uh, you know, whatever fun you want to yeah. try. It's never ending it's there. It's unlimited there. It's unlimited. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I really never spend anything of that sort. I never had alcohol in Thailand. I was so afraid because <laughs> without alcohol, I get robbed. Right. Imagine if I had alcohol, they would just cut my body parts. I was right, afraid. Right. There are a lot of gangs there. I mean, uh. there, are, there are Russian gangs. There are Thai, Arab, Indian gangs. So they're all trying, you know, it's a war. They're just, I want this, I want this, I want this. So yeah, it's, it's a, there's so much money there, you know, like flowing battle. in and out. So yeah. everyone wants a piece of that cake. Someone wants to control the night market things. Someone wants to control the gem industry. hundred percent. I didn't know that I'm entering into something which is uh, irreversible. Yeah. Wow. And the time I decided that if I have to do this business, you have to be I have ready. To, I have to learn martial arts, protect myself, because if I don't do that, I might get killed. I might get, you know, robbed again. Right. So I, I started doing Muay Thai. Nice. 
the national sport. The national sport. Amazing. And uh, along with that, to combine the skills with self-defense, because Muay Thai is more like attack. Mm-hmm. I started two classes in a week. Okay. So one was uh, Shitoryo Karate. Oh, okay. And the other one was Muay Thai. So both of them back to back and weekend Chantaburi, <laughs> you know. So I uh, just kept myself busy as much as possible. Explore more and more gems business in Chantaburi and Bangkok. Then I, I found a guy, a very interesting guy. He was from uh, South Africa. and uh, A white me, or a black South African? Asian, Asian guy. Asian South African, okay. Yeah, okay. and he told me that if you, he was from China, I guess. Mm. And he told me that I'm based in Johannesburg. And if you are coming to Hong Kong, we can meet up. So I met him in Hong Kong and uh, I was staying in uh, Kowloon, right? Mm. And this guy's like, why all the foreigners somehow stay near this place? And I'm like, because it's cheap. Because it's really cheap. This room, you know how much I pay? And he's like, how much? 200 Hong Kong dollars per day. I said, fuck. Right. This is my food expense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hong Kong is it's crazy. can get crazy. Yeah. And that was a new apartment. Oh, wow. From my Indian Punjabi guy, and uh, nice. I spoke a little bit Punjabi. Right, you can get away with the nice deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's the time we had a meeting, and he said like, "Oh my God, this is a fancy place, nice sofa, everything good. Can I open my bag?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, let's go for it." He told me that why don't you start Emerald Business from Zambia, and I'm like, "Okay." I didn't say why, what. I said, "Okay." Okay. Because I knew exactly in Bangkok how much Emerald is sold. Right. So we decided and we started working in Zambia. Wow. And uh, with this South African Asian guy yeah. in a meeting in Hong Kong. Right. In Kowloon. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Zambia is one of the safest countries in the South Africa, but infiltrated by the most dangerous people. Yes. Because of its mineral resources and a lot of political instability right now. Exactly. It's one of the highest rates of poverty, but it's also one of the richest countries on the planet in terms of resources. True. Yeah. They have gold, they have copper, they have everything. They have emerald. In fact, the largest emerald mine in the world Mm. operated by Gemfield is in Zambia in the copper belt. In the copper belt in northern Zambia. Yeah. It's called a Kajem mine. Yeah. Okay. Which was uh, earlier originally operated by Indian business owner. I see. I won't bring out his name, but (laughs) um, yeah, he sold the mine and then uh, Gemfield took over the mine and they have a mine in Zambia and Mozambique. Okay. So these two mines produce rubies and emeralds. Emeralds. 90% of the world. Really? Originated from there. That's crazy. That's how big they are. And uh, I was getting into something like this. So I was like, okay. So we we started doing some mining stuff with some guy there, some local miner. How many years? years into living in Thailand was this when this opportunity to go to Um, Africa came it's like uh 2014 okay I started this and it's like seven years later maybe I think seven years okay so it took seven years yeah yeah just doing business going back and forth between Bangkok and Sri Lanka Myanmar Cambodia (laughs) across the border to Cambodia Myanmar of course yeah Right. And then this opportunity to go to Africa came as well. Yeah. Okay. So before we shift to Africa, you also mentioned to me last time a story going across the border from from Thailand. The road trip. Yeah. Exactly. A road trip into Cambodia. Cambodia, Yeah. The Cambodia border is a... 
Was this in like, Trat? Because there's the, also the city of Trat, right? right? Yes. By the border. Yeah. And the crazy part is when you arrived there and you started looking for the sapphire. Yeah. The sapphire mine is at exactly the same place where the civil war took place. So you don't know exactly which place can have a mine and it can just blast. Oh, like a different mine. You're right. There's different mines, right? Yeah. There's the I mean the explosive landmines land yeah. and then there's mines to mine yeah. gems. But so you're talking about explosive mines as well. So there there were landmines which are hidden inside. So if I step onto that or the other gemologists, we would have I know. been in pieces, you know. Because the Cambodian sapphire is so much that time desired by my customers in Hong uh, Kong. They were just looking for that and they, they were, were hungry just like, for that. They were hungry for that. So I, I was able to get a few, but then uh, you know it's not so easy to get a regular supply because there is no regular supply chain. There is a lot of disturbance of course. in that region. Yeah. And uh, in the meanwhile, I started doing some zircons business like Cambodian zircon. Cambodian zircon is blue color as well. Oh. So it can be a nice alternative. You know, some people who can't spend money for sapphire, they would probably go for a semi-precious like that. That's interesting. Okay. The, the blue zircon. Right. But this is uh, like my fear. My biggest fear was the mining area that if somehow someone stepped onto that, I don't want that blood on my hands. Oh, wow. You know. How so, many times did you cross the border? We did a lot of times. I know. Like Every so time we times. went to Chandaburi, like we just took a road trip and we just crossed the border to the other side and then come back to Chandaburi. Most of the times I would not stay there at night. It's really just a day trip, basically. Yeah. And the good part is that they do speak Thai as well. Okay. So Cambodian language is not that much different. Mm. So I can get away with Thai. How quickly did you learn Thai that you got to a level where you were pretty comfortable? Um took me about uh, three months. Wow, really? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I was able to understand more than my listening was getting better. Wow. And uh, I started speaking like almost like three and a half months later. <laughs> no way. That's crazy. That's impressive. <laughs> Thai is so hard. Yeah, but in Thai, a lot of words are similar to Indian language, one of the language, uh, Sanskrit. And I know Sanskrit. Ah, I can that's speak. so true, right? So for me, it was uh, more familiar. You know, even Sinhalese. Okay, right. I have a lot of words derived from Sanskrit. So I see. I can get a lot of words. It's like Spanish and, and like Italian, Italian. right? <laughs> exactly. Not the same, but right. then you have some words. You have, yeah, you have a yeah. nice foundation. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, an edge. Okay, so what was this border like? <laughs> Did you have any uh, nice experiences at the border? Um, I mean, I probably say that I would never suggest anyone to go there <laughs> because... You know, like it's so unpredictable. And when I say unpredictable, because you never know, like you can get robbed. Right. Like I, I have got robbed there too. And, uh, you know, like <laughs> I told you last time. So. Exactly. What happened? Yeah. I mean, uh, not very good experiences. Yeah. But yeah, I can tell you one thing that mm. Chandaburi is not same. Okay. So what experience I had in Cambodia. Oh, when I came back to Chandaburi, I told myself that I'm not going to go back there. I see. But Chandaburi is being very kind. People are very friendly. So even if you are a foreigner, let's say they will see you, they are like, they will welcome you and they will offer you food, mm. drinks. They would like you, they admire everything about you because you are a foreigner, you are being in Chandaburi for us and you are like improving our tourism. That's why a lot of travelers in industry of gems, they prefer to go Chandaburi more than Bangkok. Not about the gem only. It's about the the friendly gesture the they have. Yeah, they have that cultural thing. It's a combined hospitality. With 
I think it's a lot of Vietnamese, Thai. Oh yeah, you mixed. mentioned that. I told you because right. it's like they are mixed. Right, right, right. And the food has like a very strong influence from Vietnam as well. The, the food is great. I mean, it's spicy, and <sighs> then it's a, a lot of uh, flavors mm. which are got mixed with Chinese, Vietnamese, <sighs> and Thai food. So hungry right now. And then cheap as well. <laughs> exactly, cheap and delicious. Yeah, I heard that.、Uh, You're planning to Chiang Mai. Yes, right.、Yeah. So、uh, let me tell you something about Chiang Mai. Very、okay. interesting that Chiang Mai has some red curry. So when you go there, you have, have to have there, red curry. You have to、Chiang、have、Mai. the red curry. Okay, that's one of the nicest food <sighs> you can try there, and it's something very different. Like you won't find it in Bangkok, Chandaburi, south of Thailand, nowhere. Only for Chiang Mai, and you can get some nice tea there. If you're a tea lover, yes. You'll find some natural tea, okay, and you you can get it for your home. Like I bought a lot, and trust me, everyone told me this is one of the nicest tea we have. Ooh, okay. So you so a lot of tea, a lot, a lot of red of, curry. Try it, try it. Of course, no, I、oh. love red curry anyway, but、yeah. I gotta go to Chiang Mai to have their red curry. Yeah, you can, and、uh, there are some、uh, other stuff too. I mean, Chiang Mai used to be the economic capital,、right. the financial capital in the past, so、mm. it has a lot of. Trade links and a lot of things to a lot of history, see, a lot of history. And if you know any like factories there, if you can visit or any sort of factory. For me, like it was like I was visiting those bags factories. You know, they're making luxury brand bags. They're manufacturing for them. They're branding them and then selling back. Right,、to. made in Italy. In Chiang Mai, <laughs> Chiang Mai, <laughs> yeah, made in so, France. In Chiang Mai, in Chiang Mai, <laughs> Chiang Mai province Ch- of France. Ch- Chiang Mai is a, a hub for、exactly. European jewelry as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it is a factory hub for jewelry, bags, accessories, clothing.、Mm. A lot of hidden factories. It's all about like getting lucky. You know what? What we can what find. What you can find there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna have ten days. I'm gonna explore. I'm gonna get、and、lucky. They, they will shock you. There's a lot of people who can speak Chinese there. Oh, true. Of so course. You'll be like, oh my god. Oh my god. They're speaking like they can speak fluent Thai, Chinese, English. People in Chiang Mai, they do speak a lot of English there. So, for my surprise, if I am a foreigner, I would think that capital will always have more speak- English speakers.、Mm. But in Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai is more English、right, than, than Bangkok. Bangkok. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's, that's surprise for me. I'm like, wow, this place is so clean, so nice. Much when I say clean, I mean、uh, Bangkok used to be very nice back in like 2006 and seven for cleanliness for、okay. the river. But then later they didn't do much with the chopraya, and、yeah. then it became like what, what it, it is, is in the current current <laughs> situation. Right. So,、um, uh, but it's okay. Still, I mean, they're working on that. They're、mm. trying to improve that. And, yeah,、uh, one of my great friends, who hopefully I'll be able to see when I go to Thailand this time, he has another house. His main house is in Bangkok. I actually spoke about it in the last episode, and then yeah,、uh, he has another house in Kanchanaburi.、Uh, his father has a gold shop in Kanchanaburi.、Wow. I know also that <laughs> you have a lot of business and travel to Kanchanaburi as well. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Kanchanaburi. I used to travel there for sapphire rough, and then get it treatment there. Oh, okay. So basically, Kanchanaburi has a blue sapphire mine, 
and then that mining goes seasonal. You know, like it's not all all year, year. round. It's like okay. they they might work for three month, four month, and then they will suddenly stop. So whenever they stop, that means the gems are not selling in the market. So they will just control that oh, uh, pricing. That's interesting. Yeah. Like otherwise, OPEC. the the price will go down, right? right. So they stop that's producing. That's how they they just have a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. The crazy part is, I found a lot of different origin sapphires in Kanchanaburi. Huh. So I later researched. I found that a lot of African sapphires are being sent to Kanchanaburi to sell as Kanchanaburi sapphire, but they are not. Oh, interesting. And then the Australian sapphire. But yeah, I mean, this is very tricky, you know. So we must know which origin is which one, and we must know by our eye. We can't really rely on the supplier or the mining as well. Right. So that's so crazy. That、uh, is crazy. Yeah, and I've seen some African rubies in Myanmar shown me as a Myanmar ruby, and I'm like, dude, this is a Mozambique ruby. It's not Myanmar. How can you tell something like that? Yeah, that's, without giving、uh, away, you know. Too many secrets, but just like generally speaking. Yeah. Okay. The first thing is the color, right? Okay. It's the most easiest appearance. Like if I'm not even technical, I can、mm. just remember the colors. So this color is for this. But then there is a certain reflection of each gem, each origin. Wow. So if you combine the color part and the reflection, okay, then you are fifty to seventy percent close. I see. Get the idea to guess where it come from. How long does it take to train your eye in that? Were、um, you pretty natural at picking this up, or did、I、that take it, time? It depends on people. Like for you, it won't take much. Okay. Because you're a very quick learner, so you can pick up very quickly. Even though you are not really doing gemology, or you are a doctor, but right. You still have some research in your mind, and、mm. you know a lot of stuff. So for you to understand and learn, maybe it's like six months for you. Wow! But let's say if it is、uh, someone who doesn't have any experience and they are not as quick researcher as you, right? It might take them ten to twenty years. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Okay.、Yeah. It、huh. depends, you know. So if I'm not wrong, like some people, they even invest a lot of money in this industry and they lose, and then、mm. they give up their heart. Finally, they're like, I, I can't do it anymore because I got like overpriced. I cheated. And- I get cheated and right. Yeah, I can't do it basically. Yeah. So the best way is to get certified gem and don't get cheated. Anyways, the price, of course, you can fight, but、mm. the certification is very important. As a, a matter of fact, a lot of people get cheated. Because they want to save money on certification. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we、imagine. should we should never do that.、I、Don't mean, cheat yourself. It's like you know education.、Uh, you order anything at your home. Any electronic device, it comes with a warranty or guarantee card. Exactly. So we must have that. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Don't get the fake one. You might save money in the beginning. Yeah. But it will break down earlier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, everything comes with a certificate, even glass.、Mm. So why we should not make a certificate? Exactly. Yeah, that's my suggestion. But people have their own different views on that. Some people really don't mind; like they just go for famous brand, and then they just good for that. Right. Like in Taiwan, a lot of big brands are here. You know why?、Mm. Because they sell really well here. Yeah, as long as you have the brand, it's like certified <laughs> immediately. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's what branding does. True. Hundred、yeah. percent. Yeah. Huh. So Myanmar. Did you cross the border from Kanchanaburi into Myanmar often? Yeah. So for Myanmar, that time was a democracy. It was more open. So、mm. I just took the flight directly there before the military coup. 
Yeah, before the coup. And it was Aung San Suu Kyi that time, the president. Yeah, and things were very nice in <sighs> Myanmar. Like, uh, super nice. The car, even the taxis, they were using, like, nice cars. Dude, those guys are rich, I'm telling you. Oh, man. I mean, that country, too, it's like Sri Lanka, like we said, right? Or yeah. even Zambia, of course. Yeah. Like, these countries are insanely rich and wealthy yeah. in resources. Yeah. And the government's. Um, uh, the politics. education in Myanmar is very good. People like if I compare like other Asian countries which are war hit, Myanmar is the most educated, one of the most educated country mm. with the highest number of people who are educated. So it's a surprise for me what happened there later oh, because so the people never accepted that mm -hmm. and uh, they're still not accepting anyways. That's a controversy, but right. it's a deep um, topic. It's a deep topic. But when I went there, it started from Yangon. Okay, down from, in the south. And down in the south and from Yangon, there is a tea market. It's called Bojok. Mm. It's like Scott Market. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just go there and you can sit there with the tea and people will start coming up with all those <sighs> treasures in your hand and they're like 1 million, 2 million, 3 That's million. so crazy. And they will show you like within an hour you will see like millions of dollars in your hand exchanging with those people and they're like, please have a look at my gem. They're so happy to show you. Right. They, don't, they don't really want to sell it because they already have so much money filled. Right, they just right. bring it just to try and then keep it back their pocket so even if i get close to their number they won't reduce and they're like smiling and they smiling thank you thank i you. won't sell it wow like that's I'm, impressive yeah and i'm like dude what's the way to work with them right. <laughs> i mean i can't get anything in Myanmar. really it's that tough yeah, it's so tough. And then finally, I bought at their prices. Huh, Let's say they said $20,000. I said 20000 Okay, let's give do me, it. Give me. It's okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try it. And then those gems are still keeping up. Really? <laughs> I, can't, I can't sell them. Wow. They're just uh, that valuable. They're that like, rare. They are like, they are timeless beauties now. <sighs> Myanmar is the last country I visited before the lockdown in COVID, actually. That was a good time, man. I know. Because uh, there was a democracy and there was a that was exactly, fun government yeah. functioning. Everything was normal. Aung San Suu Kyi was there. I know. Just before the coup. Just before. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. I was there just before that. Oh, and then I see. We never... But you know, that connections I had, I can still use this time when COVID mm. came. So I opened my office and I started the mining there when I wasn't even there. That's how difficult it sounds, but it's not. Because all the difficult work was done before, right. earlier. Yeah, it's all and that travel and all meeting All that travel, people. all the meetings and gaining confidence within each other and believing these hands will never rob me and I won't stop money giving them like if they start the mining or whatever. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. You said in the gem business, trust is yeah. everything. It's incredibly important. Yeah, it's very important. We always promise to pay someone money. Mm. Even if you see the dollars, we say we promise to pay you $100. So it's a notary. Right. That. As a man, I mean, as a, as a promise, when we say something, when we commit to something, we should try to fulfill. That's what right. I, Exactly. That, try to I know, fulfill I know that promise. That's like a very <laughs> deep shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Myanmar is 
quite foreigner friendly as well. I love it. I love Myanmar. And that's why I'm I'm telling you that's why I'm able to work there because these people love to work and explore and uh, they are like very helpful and honest people. Yeah, Yangon's amazing. I went yeah. to Inle Lake as well. Wow. And then Did you went to Bakan? Yeah. There was a huge earthquake, right? So Oh, that's true. So I, I've been to Bakan before before it yeah, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it's a beautiful place filled with a lot of Buddhist temples. Yes, exactly. Ancient, it's very ancient. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. The architecture yeah. there is absolutely it's insane. Super man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, something I have to share like the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there wasn't a time when I didn't get sick in Myanmar because I was doing the same. I like street food, Thailand street food. I can do Myanmar street food. Right. But it didn't work there. It didn't work. <laughs> I got high fever. This Indian time. boy was dying in Myanmar. Yeah, I was dying, man. And <laughs> each time I will come out, like if the, it doesn't kill you, you it makes, it makes you, you stronger. stronger yeah? So I'm, I'm like coming back more strong. You are strong. Superman now. I can get COVID, I can get whatever, because I have Myanmar virus in my body. Right. <laughs> It will fight back. You have developed uh, immunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about up in Mandalay? Did you go up there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to Mandalay, but it's more like uh, Jedi. And oh, okay. it's dominated by Chinese. Oh. You know, th- this is a thing about Myanmar. The industry is very much divided. Okay. Different the different in- sex control different uh, yeah. regions. And- Th- those Indians, Nepalese, they control the the mogul, the ruby and the spinel okay. area, which is where we come into the play. I see. Yeah, we have a lot of spinel on the table as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are from mogul, everything. Oh, really? Yeah. From other people's mind, from our mind, it's a lot of stuff. Where is Mogok? So Mogok is a valley in the northern northern area, part, yeah. okay. But not really like the complete north. Okay. If you, the complete north would be Kachin. Ka- oh yes. Which is it's most of the time. It's very war torn too. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, flooded and yeah. war torn. Yep. It also have some spinels from uh, Namia in mm. Kachin. They have rubies as well, but it's very rare to find anything there. So far in the world, the most famous is Mogok that produces the largest ruby mine. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a small town. Yeah. North of Mandalay. It's just a small in the middle know? of yeah, this the, huge country of and Myanmar. And some forest there and some Indians hiding there. Right. Indians there, hiding there and just doing living, business. Doing business. <laughs> <laughs> that's your territory. That's uh yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh yeah, that's how convenient for me to work from there. But I can't do anything in uh, Mandalay or Yangon. No, that's it's already not. dominated by yeah, other, other gangs. Other gangs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. We have to respect each other. Yeah. Like mutual respect. Yeah. I let you do Jedi. You don't touch rubies. And, yeah. You know, like that. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So all the gem we get from Myanmar, they always come to Thailand. But the way they come, no one knows. We just leave it to the God. And I'm just exactly. praying. Just praying pray. each time. Yeah. And then it, it yeah. arrives and you just thank God. and Yeah. So, you know, sometimes uh, if I tell you that you buy a product online, right? So you pay for that and then you wait for that to arrive. I do the same. I wait for the product to arrive Thailand. So when I pay them, the money is there. The product is there. If they don't send it, I'm done. No more business. And sometimes it can be like a big number. I don't tell you the number, but I tell you sometimes, for example, Uh the last deal I made was a 10 carat Burmese ruby, untreated. 
Okay. 10 karat Burmese ruby and 42 karat Burmese ruby. Cabinet. No way. That's huge. So if you search on internet, these two sizes, okay. what is the price? You will know how much money I'm talking about right, and what right. are the odds. What is the biggest ruby we have on the table? Uh, Right now we have a 20 karat. Oh, this one. Uh, yeah, this one is from Viet karat. Vietnam. Okay. It's a star ruby. Oh, right. Yeah. That's amazing. I got it from Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. You shine a light in it and yeah, sure. there's a star. Yeah. You just uh, open the light and you can spot a star. Yeah. You know, like uh, a lot of people like star ruby. So that is a 20 carat. So this deal that you're talking about, there was a 40 carat. 42 carat. 42 carat. And not from Vietnam. That is Burmese. It's a real Burmese yeah. ruby. So. Uh, <laughs> and you ordered this. Yeah, I ordered online. I mean, okay. there, there was someone, my staff was there to check and assist me that it's natural, of okay. course. She did that, but then the money is with the staff. She paid or not. The stone will come what time? How will she organize the shipping to Thailand? Oh, wow. So, you know, this everything is kind of, it's yeah, insane. You to, right? And you have, you have to, to pray. You have to pray <laughs> and believe that it will come. Oh, my goodness. So that's and how that one didn't come. It didn't come yet. Didn't come yet. Oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> and how long has it been? Uh, it's been a month or so. Oh, wow. Uh, I paid the Joyu. Okay. Like September. Right. For yeah. First week. Yeah. I think our last party. Right. The last time we met, <laughs> yeah. that's when you put yeah. down the money. Sorry. This is 18.46 carat. Oh, I got, okay. I got so a that's a certification. Certification from Vietnam. You can look. It's written in both languages in, in English and Vietnam. Oh, I yeah. Guess. Natural star ruby. Yeah. Natural corundum. Yeah. So is, that that's the that's, that's the, the mother stone, right? mother mother rock. Yeah. Exactly. So we call that corundum. All of the sapphire rubies comes under the same family. Right. Yeah. So it will arrive soon. I, I I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I actually forgot unless I talk with you. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, yeah. when we were talking last time, there were so many like different gems, bags of gems, other kind of things that you yeah. you know they're everywhere. They're somewhere. Yeah. They're off with a Russian girl. They're yeah. You know, they're in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Thanks for bringing out the Russian part as oh. well. Because uh, if I have to source any gem from Russia, I have a friend, a connection. You have a contact there. A contact. And uh, we can actually do whatever we can, like sourcing, selling, buying, everything. So I have some good connections with good friends around the world. I have some friends from Afghanistan who can help me get all the gems from the Kashmir, the Pakistan Kashmir. So like last week, I bought a 38 karat blue sapphire from Kashmir. Wow. So the, the stone have arrived in Bangkok, but this time it's not like I send the money and I'm waiting. No. Okay. This time it's like, it's in my office and it has been sent to the certification. Okay. Once the certification is done, then they will collect the money from my office in Thailand. Oh, in Thailand. Yeah. Okay. So they also have agents or whatever. Yeah, so the biggest we bought were like 37 carat and then the second one is 35 carat. Wow. And then there is a pair of 32 carat suede pure shapes. Right. For and like a uh, earring. Earring. Okay. And all you can call Pakistan, Kashmir, India, Indian will say Indian Kashmir. Of course, it's a contested Af region. Afghanistan. It's a beautiful say, region. It's Let's Afghanistan, say. Kashmir. Exactly. There are many Kashmirs. You know what happens like uh, when someone from Pakistan will go to the lab, he will say, write it Pakistan, Kashmir. And someone from India, they will say, no, 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 no. Just write Kashmir. Just Kashmir. And then comes the Afghan guy. Right. He will say, write 
Afghanistan only. <laughs> This is <laughs> no more Kashmir. No more Kashmir, India, This Pakistan. This to Afghanistan. This is Afghanistan. And then the gemological guy is like, just tell me which Kashmir is it. Exactly. Just tell me. <laughs> so this is how difficult and uh, disputed. So does that mean these Kashmir gems are more valuable these yeah. days? Yeah, yeah. It has been uh, valuable since the time of uh, colonial. Like the British was there, they were mining and doing. So people knew about it. At right. Time. So a lot of tribal people in the Himalaya, like they mm -hmm. will travel and it's a lot of cultural things, right? Yeah. But the Kashmir is shared region. Like a lot of Indians have access to that. Some of the region has been split with Pakistan, mm -hmm. 19 something, and then Afghanistan, and then China took over 1962. Right. So it's a lot of shared region now. I think that the beauty of Kashmir is still alive mm. and it's still kicking. Like all the people there, they are so lovely and they are so vibrant. And even in this, they had a G20 this year. So it was like a international program and right. a lot of people, you know, like they had the chance to meet uh, different country diplomats. So it was a great program. Right. It was a success. A meeting of the, the world. Yeah, meeting of the world. and uh, One of the most exotic places good, on good, the planet. Yeah, and it came like a lot of investment came for people of Kashmir. So they are not really dependent on, on the gem industry or this thing or handicrafts. Probably in future, they have a lot of opportunities coming up this region will brighten up yeah hopefully yeah i mean it's one of the most beautiful <laughs> regions in yeah, the world yeah, yeah really it is yeah. undoubtedly it's nice it's beautiful and everyone wants the part of it that's exactly the, that's, that's the point yep that's the point that's the problem and the point <laughs> the problem and the point <laughs> exactly uh, yeah Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, fortunate that I have good friends. And actually, you know, once we find the people who have the gym, I have a different approach. I never really push them. And I never really try to dominate that. Give me the gym. I want to buy. No, I work with a free mindset without greed. Mm. And uh, I just tell them what would be your price and this is my price. And if they negotiate, I tell them this is my last price. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what my Chinese buyers do with me. Exactly. It's very Chinese. <laughs> so, so I'm... Indian and Chinese. The, the skin is outside like Indian, but inside is a Chinese guy. And right. You know, I'm like, this is my price. This yeah. is my price. And I kept on repeating. The guy has brainwashed. Right, right, And he's right. like, this is his price. I'm going to sell him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's your strategy. Yeah. So uh, my next step is uh, Kashmir. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So it's Burma. It's Kashmir. What's next? Maybe let's say it will be color diamonds in future. Right. It might be Colombian emeralds. I was Vicks. about to say, you haven't been to South America yet. Not yet. And we have a good friend, Manny, who's like the godfather of South. Yeah. <laughs> of the Latin world. Yeah, he is. <laughs> because, uh, you know, his dad was in Colombia. Exactly. And, you know, in special Has a forces. very colorful, amazing history. So. Yeah. That's a story to be known, I you know, know, to share. With It's a the, very valuable story. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine his dad and I were sitting in the same room and... We are discussing like day and night, something coming from the West, from a person who is as senior as like 80, 87. Right. And then he and special has forces, has special seen forces, everything. Seeing the Vietnam War, you know, and then the Colombian drug mafia, everything. Mm -hmm. And 
and then someone like me who is uh, who has seen uh, the Pakistan India wars right. and uh, a lot of uh, Afghans coming to India some friendly relationship with them and I have seen a lot of religious values I learned yeah. a lot about different religions mm-hmm. in Sri Lanka during the Sri civil Lanka, war civil war then Myanmar and then yep. Thailand culture you exactly know? which is so European. I mean, Thailand is so European within Asia. And we haven't mentioned, and that might be a perfect segue, Africa as well. We hinted (laughs) about that and we talked about it, but we've been saving it until now. So as we mentioned before in this hotel in Kowloon, Hong Kong, you made this new business endeavor going to the copper region of Northern Zambia. Yeah. What was this like? You went there. Yeah, so it's a beautiful place. Mm. First of all, when I arrived there, I feel like it's so clean. It's so nice. Lusaka is... uh, You flew into the capital, Lusaka. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And the people are really nice there. That's the first time I had the chance to visit a church, like a proper church. And... The pastor was my friend and he took me around and and then I met some really nice cool people and we did whatever we can. We we started working in Emeralds, you know, after a few years, right? Mm. Not my Asian partner, one of our partner, like who was doing the mining there, he got kidnapped. Oh, man. So we never found out what happened because of the political instability or whatever. Right. Later, when I went there to get my stuff and then the guys... They were threatening me, you know. There was about two ton of emerald rough. No. No, really. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm serious. Rough, uncut, yeah. Two tons of emeralds. Yeah, and they were like, dude, you leave everything here and get back to your country. No or, way. Yeah, or you will be inside the copper belt. Right. <laughs> Will turn you into a copper statue. Yeah, a copper statue. So your partner, you have no idea what happened to him. Probably uh, he might have escaped or there are only two or three options, options. Which, right. are, uh, which are possible. Like maybe he have escaped. The worst can be he passed away in some tragic moment. So we never know what happened. But what we know is he's not there in Zambia. Wow. That's what that's for sure. The person is not in Zambia okay. anymore. So either of the two options, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and then I, when you I, go I didn't, there. I didn't want to be in that list, you know, a lot yes. of uh, missing members. You, know? you don't like those two options. They don't I, look so beautiful to you. I don't like much uh, of that <laughs> So you choose thing. not A, B, but none of the above. Uh, none of the above. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. the correct answer. I chose to live uh, freely and leave the wealth and have a chance to buy my life again. You know, oh it's like I, I buy I buy my second, li- uh, third life maybe. Yeah, it's like fifth life. Fifth life maybe. <laughs> it's like a cat. Nine it's like lives. a cat. Like <laughs> you pay money, you buy yourself some time. Another life, exactly. Yeah. Have you watched a movie uh, where they transfer the time to live with their watch, with their hand? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it was Justin Timberlake in that movie. I forgot the name of the movie. They buy the time to live. Okay. And people can just transfer it, transfer the life, the minutes. I almost get reminded of that movie with all that has happened in the past with me. It's like I give those emeralds and I get time to get back to Bangkok. Right. And to start live a little more. Yeah, live a little more and maybe change my industry or something. Yeah, but that never happens so far. But that never happens so far. <laughs> yeah, I just always get away and then, and then go on to the next go one. Go on to the next one, yeah. So what do you think the value of this two tons of uncut? So just a rough estimation, let's say two ton is uh, almost like a mil. A million yeah. US dollars. Yeah. 
I'm not talking about the retail. I'm talking right, about like, like just the, the just wholesale the, price. Because if you actually cut it up, it might go like uh, more than that. I mean, exponentially, right? Exponentially, yeah. Because yeah. you can just make yeah. smaller ones and take your time and just sell them right. piece by piece and make yeah. a ton of money. Correct. Right. And I was quite young that time. Like, um, I was like just thinking like a couple of years I can retire and retire as in like not work like so dangerously. Yeah, you know, of course. Like living dangerously is not an option. But then that was your retirement. A yeah, ton. I think about that. Why I always get in the losing streak because oh. I get in those places. And that time I decided to plan my trip to Hong Kong more and Taiwan because I used to travel from Bangkok to Taiwan and Hong Kong. Okay. And I visited to the south, Nan. Okay. The yeah. south of the yeah. Taiwan. Fang, yeah. Yeah. And I went to Tainan, Kaohsiung and every place. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful place. This is peaceful. This is peaceful. At least I won't, uh, I won't gain much, but I won't lose much here. Right. I don't At have least, to transfer my wealth. I don't wealth. have to transfer <laughs> my, my, my wealth, my life. Exactly. <laughs> to buy the time. Right. And uh, that's when I started loving Taiwan. And I I chose my life in a third, like not in a third world country, but a first world country. Because that time I decided that the money is not much, but then the life threat is zero almost. In Taiwan, you can't be like killed on a regular day or right. something like someone will just come up with a gun and say, hello. Yeah, that definitely won't happen. Hello, Even Dr. Drew, bye-bye. Dr. Drew, exactly. <laughs> like, I like your Dr. Dre's on your head. That even won't happen. Yeah, I, I can't do this. Uh, you can leave gem, You can display. leave these gems here, Yeah. take a little walk, and they will still be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's how sure. safe here. And I can't do this in Africa, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, with, a, with one piece of emerald. They'll cut your finger off. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. They might. They might. Literally. Yeah. Because for, for them, sure. this is like uh, we are taking their treasures away. Yeah. So some course. of them really feel cheated for that. Even if they are not from Africa, but in the back of their mind, it's like, oh, this is our resource. But this is from Colombia originally. Right. And I bought it from a well-known factory in Colombia. So okay. this is not even a blood or something like right, blood diamond right. or blood gem. It's like 100% legal right. with a license. And that too with a very good price. Like my price. I never pay what they want. Right. You got the Dr. Drew price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even in Colombia. Yeah. This also online. The Colombian office that we, we started. It was also online without traveling to Colombia. So even I have not been there, but people who are traveling to Colombia still cannot find what we are buying from here, sitting in Taiwan. So it's all about connections, you know, mm. like it's the same connection, the same Muslim friend who introduced me the Colombian office. He started for me. He's the one who started for me the Myanmar office. Oh, wow. Okay. Imagine a Muslim helping a Christian friend getting Jewish miner right. from Colombia. Exactly. This is how lovely our family is. <laughs> exactly. Our gemstone business family. Is. Right. It's so, so like we trust each other. We work for each other without any restrictions, without any rules, without any, I would say like the world is uh, so divided. Mm. And then we are so undivided. We are so together like a, one strong family. You can ask any big gem dealer he would tell you the similar way similar story this is how they have been able to operate otherwise how can you work exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so it, it's it a is small environment too so yeah. you really right you have to be upright it cannot be a very specific way or specific group that you want to work only with mm -hmm. yeah it you're has limiting to be, yourself it has to be first the three billion people 
half Indian, half Chinese. Right. <laughs> and the rest of the five billion. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So then we take the all the categories like Chinese, Indians, <laughs> uh, the Arabs, right. Americans. Yeah. Everyone else, basically. Uh, after and that. everyone else. You're right. <laughs> so we can't just stick to one plan, right? Yes, we can't. So this is something I learned from my Chinese friends to be very flexible. They just go anywhere they will work and they want to work. They start investing straight away. Right. This is the easiest way to make friendship. I mean, this is what they do. They always try to put some money and say, listen, yeah. this is something. Let's do business. Let's do some business yeah. and uh, let's try to work things together peacefully. Yeah. I mean, uh, I keep, I kept on learning, man. Right. I think so. <laughs> I think so. That's a good thing. I might have missed out a lot of part because uh, I have to cut short a lot of things because some of the things I don't want to bring up. <laughs> you mean like something that happened in Africa? Yeah. <laughs> I think you should a little bit. Yeah, That's I mean, an amazing story. Okay. So. Like yeah. an amazing story. That's like a once in a lifetime story, I think. Yeah. But you know, like, <laughs> okay. So I want to tell you like, uh, Apart from gems, mm. a lot of people uh, don't understand that how many things have been transferred to other countries, right? Uh, I mean, some illegal stuff, some prohibited stuff. Right. So what they do is that most of the time they would just froze it some way mm. with some chemical. Okay. And it looks like a cube, like a rough. Yes, like a crystal rock. Like a crystal rock. Right. And after it arrives the destination, they smelt it. Right, and, and it's not a gem. It's not a gem anymore. It's not a. <laughs> it's it's what it's not they a want. zirconium. It's not a zirconium. It's it's something else. Right, it's a different it's, crystal. It, it's a salt, <laughs> but also very valuable. It's very very extremely valuable. Extremely valuable market. Extremely dangerous, like especially like in the Asian market, like uh, it's prohibited. Right, right. So I told my story indirectly. I mean, I yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I saw those because you know the people who travel with the gem for us, they might be doing some other business. Yeah. So I was at a, a friend's house in Zem, in uh, Kitway, mm. right? And <laughs> this guy, I didn't know exactly that he's not Zambian. Okay. So probably he's from West African country. I won't declare the nationality. But right. But maybe French speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, belong to a certain extremist group. And uh, I didn't know about it that they are supporting the, the Islamic Jihad. Okay. Unless I was at his place. Right. Right. Uh, so <laughs> at one weekend, he was out and I was uh, watching my stuff. I was just doing my stuff, preparing, you know, and uh, suddenly a car filled with guns and Oh man. Like mammoths, giant. Giant. They, they just show huge up. beasts. Yeah, they are like from the forest. They're like, man, I don't know, like six feet eight, six feet six. The right. smallest one, maybe six five. Right. <laughs> the smallest one is six five. Yeah, and, and they are like pretty much uh trained. You can tell. Yeah, very trained. Like their physique is like they probably can kill someone with their hand. And when they arrived at the home, they opened the lock. I didn't even have the chance to hit the buzzer. They had the key to open the gate. And I'm like, where were you? Like in the living room? Uh, yeah. Okay. But they, that's a huge place. Like it's huge. It's like a multi like a mansion. Mansion. Yeah. Okay. It's like a palace. And wow. Uh, this guy, the guy, I was his guest. Okay. He, he had his wives inside. 
Oh wow! Like many wives, right? Of course. Uh, like because he's uh, he was technically a Muslim, he can marry as much. Uh, okay. Like two, two, three, four. Four wives, right? Yeah. So uh, I didn't want to disturb the ladies. I always stay in the outhouse, okay. in the guest house, right? So they didn't show up. They didn't came up, and I'm like, why they didn't come up? So the helper told me that normally if a man comes up, the women never comes up. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay. So what should I do now? They are here in the outhouse. Someone's here. They didn't enter the living room, but they are sitting outside on the table, and they put all the weapons there, all the guns, and they offload everything there. Oh, no. And I'm like, fuck, dude. And I'm just looking from the curtain inside the room and closing and opening and looking and I'm like, what the hell is this? And there's like a table full of weapons. Yeah, and they're talking like, what to do next. Oh like, shit! Okay, they're there just to stay for a night to plan something. Yeah, right. And I'm like, dude, they're going like they were talking about something like maybe Mozambique or something. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm like, I knew exactly like they're planning something. And suddenly I go out. I was uh, trying to iron my clothes because the iron table was next to that table. And I'm so crazy enough to go that time iron my pant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm like doing that stuff and suddenly they're like, whoa, 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 man, where are yeah, you like, from? Yeah, like who the fuck are you? Or what are you doing here? You know, we are doing some stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool down. I just uh, want to say hello to you. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't let them feel that I am afraid or anything. I okay. just talked with them a bit. I asked him where you come from. He's like, I come from Congo. I'm like, okay. And uh, what's up with that? All that stuff. I told him that, you know what? Congo has one of the nicest tourmalines and a lot of people have been using your resources, mm. which you can use. It's your money. And suddenly they all start sitting up and, you know, take the chair and like, okay. And they start listening to me. I'm Listen like, to Dr. I'm like, Drew. I'm like a preacher, you know? Preaching the gospel of gems. Yeah. I'm like... What my point was, I was trying to tell them that there are so many business for money other than guns and mm. violence. You don't have to go this way. I even told them that if you have something like, if you have the control at the mine, probably you can be able to sell those stuff and get some money to this guy, the guy who I was staying with, because he is a gem dealer at the same time. Right. A very powerful um, man, let's say. A miner, a gem dealer and uh, XXX. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can do that. We can do that. All we need is you. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't go there because I'm here for a few days. But what I can do is I can give you some connections. Yeah. And I gave them some contact in Lusaka. And I told them that if you really want to change your field. So a few of them, young ones, I remember, they were pretty excited because they were like kind of bored to do this shitty job. Maybe. Yeah. They don't want to do that. I can see that. I can feel that 20 year olds, they're like, dude, we want to listen to this guy, what right. he's telling us. And they're like, uh, do you even know about Bible? Have you ever read which Bible is correct? I'm very confused. There are so many Bibles. I'm like, dude, there is no concept of getting confused. I mean, you do what you like. Mm. Whatever you like, just go for that. You don't have to follow anyone. Just mm. follow your heart, you know. That's the wise thing to do, you know. Yeah. You don't know which faith they are from. <laughs> exactly. What they, what they can't pick one. You can't pick one. Uh, I pick the wrong one. I can't pick one. I just let right. them say, like, believe in your belief system. Just follow your parents told you, your friends. And they're like, oh, they're like, oh, this guy is interesting and we can be friends. You're so happy. Suddenly the whole atmosphere changed from for a moment. Being very aggressive in the beginning. Yeah, it was like they were ready to defend themselves. Like, who are you, this foreign guy? 
die and we have guns, you know, we can shot you in the head. Right. And they literally could have killed you yeah, at yeah. any second. Yeah, they can because I had a kitchen knife and they had guns. And some Muay Thai and some Karate. Don't be humble. But but that would be like uh, <laughs> just the last fight before that. Exactly. The last kick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you have you seen a candle when it's oh, about to... Just about to die. It's like flickering. <laughs> that would have been you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Uh, that oh. would have been me or that would have been the other side. Because sometimes, you know, the, the problem is they don't control the shot. So if this one hits me and I'm in the middle and this one hits. Right. It just goes straight through in, to their yeah, friend. I just I just lay down and then it goes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So anything like can happen. You could it, have matrixed your way out of there. You know, I want to share with you in India, they use guns in the weddings, right? Oh, right. Yeah. So Indian when, weddings are crazy. Yeah. So they have a horse, the, the guy yeah, yeah. is riding a female horse, right? Exactly. And Elephants, then they use guns. Everything. So there was a guy who was doing the same and the bullet hit the groom by accident because the guns are not so accurate. So it went, it touched something and then hit back to his neck. He didn't die, but he lost his chance to marry that night. It's a very common thing. I mean, you can search. Yeah, no, a lot I know. of people get Afghanistan too. Uh, that's a subcontinent, Indian subcontinent. Exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. Did I told you about the the school of thought? The source is from India. Yes, the you Taliban. did. Exactly. Yeah. So I found India's that- India's rich uh, in- in the culture. In some culture. In yes. some culture, yeah. <laughs> so they've burned the, they the sect in mm. Saharanpur and the school of thought. It was a creator of that thought. And then it went to Bangladesh, Afghanistan. Right, Middle East and then down to Africa as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So basically, like, we have a lot of cultural bondings. Right, you were saying that. Like, you were able to yeah. bond with them, being an Indian brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. always it's it always helps, you know. Yeah. When you're trying to build up some connection and you have a route to connect with, then you can definitely come out and say, you know, we have something in common. We can let's sit together, let's work. As long as uh, we don't hurt anyone's uh, feelings, business can be always conducted without dying. Yeah. So you made <laughs> it out. You survived this like uh, yeah, thirty years. 30 plus years. This brush with people from yeah. the bush with a table full of weapons. Right. And you were able to get yourself out of that as well. I mean, I, it wasn't the first time I saw the weapon, but definitely not so many ever. Right. <laughs> and and like I don't want to see again. Too. Yeah, it was like, I don't want to say made in wear, but <laughs> they looked right. very fancy. Very fancy, nice weapons. Yeah. They had enough resources to get yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and to carry out certain acts. Yeah, famous I think, ones as well. I think they they have a some guideline. Probably some leaders to tell them like, okay, you have to manage this and then manage this. So it might look unorganized to us, but in their way, it's very organized. Of course, everything. It's like a business. It's like a hierarchy. Company, yeah. company hierarchy. So organization uh, they ha chart. They have the organization, and then everybody is doing their part. So if you are not part of that organization, I am not part of that. So I can't really say this is wrong or this is better. This is no. What I can do is I can just respect them as a human being like, and they can let me into their space. Mm. But I can't really question their abilities or why they do this or why, why, why. You know, some people are so stupid. They will go to Africa and they start lecturing them. And then suddenly they found that they have been kidnapped. Exactly. So I should never, I would tell people people don't even in india i mean mm. if you go anywhere don't lecture people for what they are doing it's their it is their culture they have been living like this forever we should try to 
respect and try to come to the point where we can do something for them, give something in return. You know, if we are taking away something as a resource, mm -hmm. let's say, like China is doing, like they're doing quite well. They are Very giving, successfully they are around giving, the world. Like, projects there mm -hmm. in Africa, working on several infrastructure and Belt and uh, Road Initiative. Industries, they have made a lot of factories there. Apart from Belt and Road, they have done tremendous job. So uh, they are giving back in some way. If they are doing mining, they are doing some resourcing, they are giving back too. It's not like you just keep on taking and taking all the time. You yeah, know? you can't. You can't. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like a bank. When you put the money, you can always use that money. You don't have any money. The bank will be bankrupt. They are like, we can't give you credit anymore. Right. You're in minus. So uh, in our industry, it's the same. I mean, if you see any big miner, they always make some schools and they will try to give some way back. Some big gem dealers, like solo, they are doing their solo companies like me. I'm solo. I'm not as big as them, but they are still keeping a check on their giving back. So that's a very good thing about our industry. Like no matter which faith, people are really kind. I have seen some of the nicest people in this industry. That's my luck to be here, a part of this family. And the most unique part is that everyone of us is like a family in some way working together without thinking about borders, without thinking about the political things and all those things. And we can still stand up together and eat together. And at the end of the day, we are like, oh, come on, we don't care much about that. We don't even discuss about those things. This is how we respect each other. So, I mean, I've never seen this kind of unity, you know, like apart from business. I mean, you have seen most of the business runs on the same principles principles yeah they don't really uh, question each other so the unity is a very important part and connections always connections are like everything they can save you exactly like you don't you don't have money you don't have gym you don't have anything you are lost in somewhere you have a connection you just call that person and you're out you're out of that trouble i think that's how i survived so i know uh, it started from very young right like literally yeah. just getting things on consignment yeah. And then just using your own willpower and skills and intelligence yeah. <laughs> and and humor and language and all of these things to just make it work, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, people love uh, to talk and they would like to listen some humor and mm -hmm. some good quality time, right? Exactly. So for that, they are paying a small price. Right. <laughs> a small, uh, Hopefully a bigger price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know they might be able to sell expensive outside sometime. But yeah, it's nothing like I'm not giving worth. I always try to keep the price as fair as I can. Mm. I mean, I don't want to get robbed and at the same time, I don't want them to lose as well. Right. You don't want them to feel robbed. Yeah. So right. normally my deal goes pretty fast. Let's say that last deal that was 10 carat I did was like five minutes. Really? Yeah. We just talked on phone after that. Uh, within a few minutes, I said, okay, I'm buying. That's it. And she's like, okay, I can sell you. My staff told me like she would never go this price with another dealer. I don't know what you told her. I'm like, I didn't say anything special. I just said, if you will give me, if you can give me mm. and you are not losing anything, it's okay. I'll be very happy to buy your gym. So she was like, oh, okay, you, I want you have, you know, like people normally they would insult and they will say, oh my God, your gym is so ugly. Just to get a better price or something. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the dealer gets upset. There. Exactly. They're like, it's ugly, okay. Yeah, then let, let fuck me keep you. it back. Fuck <laughs> exactly. You. <laughs> so you know, yeah. a lot of people when they come directly from 
third generation exactly. or fourth generation, they go to the mine. Why they end up getting nothing is because of this reason. Mm. Because of that mindset that these people are poor. I have the upper hand. I can just dominate them by, with my money. It's mm -hmm. not true. That person might be worth millions of dollars. We don't know because of his or her dressing. You can't judge. Right. anyone in this industry we don't know anything so i always treat them very nicely no matter we have a business or not it doesn't really matter end of the day because you know there are so many gems so if i don't buy and i get some deal for them i can help them it's fine sometimes i even do that like i don't even need something i would just help them to pass it on to someone else so they are like oh That's thank you yeah network it's a free job i did for you and then sometime they will do a free job for me exactly yeah so it's like you Pay scratch my bag, I scratch I your scratch bag. I scratch yours, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what about the US? I also mentioned that in the intro, you had a chance recently to go to the famed Diamond District yeah. with our good buddy, Manny. Shout out to Manny yeah. as well. And Miami Beach, you, you had a little stopover as well. Yeah. What did you feel about the United States and the market there? Oh uh, yeah, so as people say, like it's an American dream, right? Mm. So. It's like a dream when you go directly there and you visit, then actually you realize that, okay, this is a, really a country. It's not a dream. It's a fact. There are nice people there. They have a very good culture of saying hello, everyone. And, you know, like people are really friendly in U.S. I was so excited when I experienced myself firsthand, mm. like from the airport, even when in the immigration and people are like smiling. And like, right. You're wow, like, whoa, like, this country. <laughs> this is nice. This is the vibe of this country. Like. Oh. And Manny was there with me. So he's a, a friendly person, like super nice guy. Yeah. But we were sitting in the separate seat during our journey from San Francisco to Miami. So I met some guys in the flight and we are having fun. We are talking to each other. And I didn't feel like I'm a foreigner in US. You know, oh. like, it's so nice. Yeah. Like people are so welcoming there. If you can speak this amount of English, which I can do, then you can get away. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. You can just, like, you're just you can do fine. Anything. You can the do sky's anything. The limit, really. Yeah. It started from the Uber and the Uber was a Mercedes driver. And he told me like, I am a Jamaican, you know, mm -hmm. I, and he was an Indian Jamaican kind Ooh. of. And he was like, if you need anything, just call me. It's my number. I can do business. I can do whatever shit for you. Just right. And all the smoke went out the windows. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Okay. But I didn't contact because, you know, I always stick with my safety policy. Right, right, right. Exactly. And when we arrived to Miami, it's like crazy, man. Miami is super aggressive. Mm. <laughs> that's that's a place the like ladies, everything. Yeah, I mean the ladies, yeah. I think it's a <laughs> it's a it's something to do with my appearance that oh. I, I look more like somewhat like not hundred percent like you're Indian guy. Right. Yeah. So they you talk can definitely like, pass as Latin. Yeah. Especially in Miami. Espanol. Yeah. Maybe. See. They'll so, start speaking you. If I say anything and they're like C C C like no 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 I, I can't speak Spanish. Right, right, right. How come you don't speak Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> Why is your Spanish so bad? <laughs> Why you don't learn Spanish? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I should learn maybe next time. Right. But I'm quite new here. I can do Chinese if you want. Right, right, right. And they're like, no, we don't know Chinese. <laughs> so uh, people are nice and mm. food is super nice. So we had a very good experience traveling to Boca Raton. We Ooh. went, it's like a jewelry exchange there. Okay. 
most of them are like a lot of Jewish dealers mm. and Russian leaders and Interesting. nice people. The whole vibe is like super. Like you just enter and I see the first ring is Harry Winston. And then the second counter, I see a 30 carat emerald necklace. And Jeez, there's uh, so much money there. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of things here. And right. They were like welcoming, like, if you want to buy it, you can offer me and I will sell it to you. And like, okay, next time. Right. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know where to come to look. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Like you just go there, you can buy anything, you can exchange your jewelry. So this is something very unique for Asian point of view, because I have never seen this in, in Asia. Yeah. They don't exchange. You need money. You need <laughs> exactly. to sell and just exactly. collect the money. Right? It's very simple. Right. It works on the concept of secondhand jewelry. And, but in there, like you just give something and pass the test of certification and that's it. You can buy something else from them. Yeah. You had an incredible story in the diamond district buying okay. something yeah I'll, I'll tell you that yeah it's uh, crazy it's a uh, as you know 47th street right yep. and, and we just went there i was looking at a shop for echo marine there okay i think that guy was from probably from pakistan or india yeah so i tried right tried to use your your indian charm yeah <laughs> i'm like how much is it and the difference was only $50 left by the time we are close to a deal. And okay. he did discount at $50. He thought that, uh, you know, like I would squeeze him. And I'm like, dude, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> because if I want to buy, I would buy it half price. So I was just trying to trick him, make him believe that I'm going to buy. And then I left at $50 different. And he's looking at my face like crying. And I'm like, because $50 is nothing for our business. Uh, Why okay. didn't you buy it? Okay, the reason I didn't buy it because his approach overall was very aggressive. You know, I can see the greed. Mm. When you're in our industry, you can't really push someone to buy something. Like you have to be very rational in approach. And then I found that once he knew that I liked it, he started squeezing me, mm. which I again didn't like much. I'm like, if he doesn't want to sell, it's okay. But he don't have to squeeze my right. money out when he know that I'm actually offering very high. And then the pleasure of leaving the deal at that point because i know that won't be the price again it's not easy to get for a semi-precious so uh, just to make him understand the business just to teach him oh. i spent a few thousand dollars again i went to the other shop right next to him there's a jewish guy <laughs> and i'm like this is my first time to you and uh, i'm interested in some of your pieces and i offered him that i can buy a few of them but i don't have cash and he said how much you have i said i have this he said never mind just take it whoa you can you can pay later and then he said mazal and i'm like mazal thank you and i'm shocked and i told many i just thought this and many is looking at true in new york nobody will give me lend me over a hundred dollars right how can you get a thousands of dollar credit on the first time <laughs> this is crazy this is insane <laughs> And he gave me the original certificate without the money. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And the gem. In the diamond district. That's crazy, from man. From a and Jewish dealer. I, I, I was so happy that we drink all, like we both uh, and one of my friend, my cousin, and then we had a, a lot of. You celebrated. Yeah, we, we had to. We had to. This, this amazing deal of this yours. This amazing deal. And then we partied. We had fun that night. But the party was not important. I was thinking about what happened today, all night, that. What did I did right that moment that he suddenly gave me? Yeah, what do you think it was? I think it's the approach again. The way I approached him, there was no greed. Uh-huh. Very simple. And I just told him that sometimes honesty pays. That's a phrase we use, right? Right. 
I told him that I really like your piece and I can put some deposit, but I don't have enough money to pay now. So if you will give me, then I will send you money after I arrive to Taiwan. <laughs> so crazy. And he's like, if you like it, you can take it. He didn't even call me after I came back to Taiwan for a month. And I called him. I said, I had sent the money to your bank. Can you check? And he's like, sir, thank you. And please let me know if I can serve you again. <laughs> Like, what the hell is this guy? It's so crazy. What was the gem? What did you buy? It was a blue sapphire. Oh, you did. You got your yeah. blue sapphire. And it's GI cert, man. And he gave you the certification on the spot, which is unheard of as well. Because that's like the collateral, Because, right? Yeah. That's the big important he one. Can, he can just keep that. He can lose that money if I don't pay. But then there is a wall of shame there in, in Diamond District. They will put my name on that. Right. You said But, you, you figured it out. Probably, months and months later. Probably that, like, after a few months, I found that they might be doing this. Right. If I don't blacklist pay, you, basically. Black, blacklist me in the gems industry there. Right. Which you don't want to happen. Which I, so. No, anyways, if even if they don't blacklist me, I would never, for my own feeling, you know, like you don't want to live with that guilt that, oh, in my millions of dollars plan, mm. like I didn't pay that guy a few thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you pay them, well, you always have that self-respect. So uh, I think in our industry, self-respect is a very important thing that people have and they're being trained that way. So they are like, oh, I can do that and I can pay them. So a A lot of my buyers from China, they would just send me money first and then I organized the package from Thailand to them later. So it's all trust and uh, integrity. Integrity. Yeah. So in that way, sometimes I can just keep the money and the stone never arrives to them. They can't do anything. Right, right. right. And But that's happened. It, that, that happens a lot. Right. So how difficult it is to find which is the right dealer and which is not. So when I'm doing the same, when I send the money, the gem is there, I'm in the same position. Yeah. So, you know, the trust and the nice people and corporations, integrity, everything matters. It has to be a whole combination. You can't left out anything out of it. You have to be everything. All the boxes have to be checked. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> so Maney and I had a crazy story there and we were jumping in the in the diamond district. In the diamond district. <laughs> and we had that our lovely Italian pizza, you know. <laughs> we went Italiano. to the Italiano. New York style pizza. A lot of Thin tomatoes, crust. Yeah, crust. It's beautiful. Cheese, chicken. Oh my God. Oh Ow. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, whenever I go. I Can't wait to go again. Yeah. But this time, probably uh, I'm going to go to Boca Raton with some preparation. You know, mm, some cash, you cash, know. cash. Exactly. <laughs> Because I know exactly what they have right now. Right. That is a very unpredictable market. It might be something not there, but then sometime you might find something very useful, especially for Asian market, for my family or for my friends. Yeah. They might be looking for some big piece, which I can help them. Okay. So transitioning now, finally back to Taiwan. We are here in Taiwan and we've just heard incredible stories around the world that this gem industry has taken you. So why Taiwan? Why did you come here? Why are you here now? Okay, so it started with the short trips. Right. From Thailand, you from went Thailand to Hong Kong to, and Taiwan, yeah, right? Taiwan. That was your first touch of Taiwan. Yeah. And the first touch was uh, money making. I was shocked to see the people capacity to spend money here, like how much they can spend at one go. Yeah. And I'm There's like, some serious wealth here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a short trip. And the, the guy's like, okay, I can buy this. I can buy this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
Nice. And uh, nice. And it's a good number. And the second thing was the food. I really love the food in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And the culture is so vibrant. Like it's so colorful here. It's filled with so much love and affection. People in Taiwan, I would say, are the most Mm, selfless sometimes they would just go out of the way to do if you ask someone for a selfie or something they will just okay just put this pose three two one this and then they will stand somewhere and i'm like dude what is happening i just asked for a picture right right just push the button but no and they did the best one (laughs) (laughs) this is how people are here Mm -hmm. and uh the food and they will just always invite you hey drew let's grab this thing together and i never felt like i'm far away from thailand or Mm. i miss my old friends there you know like taiwan always makes you feel like some connection you know Mm. keeps on holding you Mm -hmm. so even i went to us i was uh, dying to go back to taiwan (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I miss Taiwan. Yeah. I'm like, do that. When is this trip over? When this trip is over, I'm going to go there, there. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to get my boba cha. You know, all that stuff. Right. Which foods did you miss the most? I think I miss everything. Even small bit of food of Taiwan. You say, sui zhao, lu rou fun, ni rou mian. Oh, no way. Everything. Uh, Hogo. <laughs> oh, I mean, all those Japanese izakayas yeah. here. Yeah, Lu Wei. Lu Wei. Yeah, everything. Kaoro. Kaoro. Everything I missed. And uh, the sake, the drinks here. Right, there's like a lot the of Japanese. good Japanese food, a lot of good and Japanese drinks. Shiba, <laughs> Taiwan. <laughs> Taiwan, the Pijo. Shiba, 18, 18 years. Right. That's nice beer, man. I miss that beer a lot. And uh, I think I, I miss the people. And uh, also, I, I think the friends here, mm. they, are, they have a great bonding with me. They It's kind of a family. Like whenever I leave Taiwan, they will organize a departure party mm. <laughs> with cake, with letters, each of them. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so touchy. Because when I was leaving Delhi in the train... <laughs> I cannot feel that time, but now I know. Right. You know, I wasn't mature enough that time. I'm so young. I'm like, okay, this happened. Okay, pass to next one, pass to next. It's like, I'm like moving ahead with my journey. So that time I'm not really thinking about other things. Right. I was focusing on- 17-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Trying to find your way. Yeah, for sure. And uh, at the same time, I have to keep studying about gemology and uh, everything. And it's totally uncertain where you're going too. You know, all of this story that unfolds, you had no idea, right? When you were 17. From old Delhi to the street of New York. Exactly. There is a saying in gem industry, like once a gem dealer visits New York Diamond District, he completes his journey. So when I arrived to JFK, John F. Kennedy, I kissed the floor. Really? Exiting on the airport and I kissed that floor and I said, I'm here and I'm so glad that I can make it here. And uh, it's like a worship place for a gem dealer. And I'm so excited. I will see so many things in just a few days here. And it was true. I mean, it's like Hollywood, Bollywood, everything within that street. Yeah. Oh, one 40, little 40, street, 47th street. Man, Sixth people Avenue. are super talented. They are super nice people and they are so much hard work. They put their ass on every day. Like there you can find everything top to bottom. You don't have to go outside related to industry. And then the, uh, there is a nearby Chinatown which I visited and then the whole uh, jewelry district of Chinatown. So it's basically there where I found the bubble tea. 
Oh, that's funny. Mainly did his to, uh, bubble tea there touch too. Yeah. Taiwan in yeah. Flushing, Queens. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinatown. And I asked that guy, why your bubble tea is so good like Taiwan? He said, my wife is Taiwanese and I'm I'm China. What the law for Taiwan? I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> then I can get a boba nai cha. That's Superman. And they were selling ducks there. They were doing like a lot of Asian food. Yeah. Flushing is. Yeah. It's like so, a mini Asia. Uh, Mini Asia. Mm -hmm. That's what I loved about being in America. Like you can find all sorts of food. New York is different, man. I mean, I don't know about an American living in America, but someone coming from outside. Right. As an outsider, I felt that there is some vibe in that city. It's a special city, man. It it drives you crazy. It's a special city. It's special. Looking at Manhattan and then driving around and I'm looking at... And that same day, Donald J. Trump... <laughs> was doing his uh, trial. Oh, I see. So I I was stuck in like, they closed this road, they closed right. this road, and then we have to find, this is my first day in New York. And then there is a risk of people like protest or right, something right, in right, support right. of, uh, because uh, it's the great Trump, I mean, himself, he's there. <laughs> and, and I'm like, dude, I just want to get a glimpse of Trump. We were pretty close, I mean, you know, he took the flight a day before us from Miami. Oh, really? And we took the flight next day from Miami to New York. Oh, that's hilarious. So originally, I mean, looking at the odds, like we arrived and he arrived to New York in Manhattan. You were in his footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to get trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't follow too closely. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a he's a time. Like, He's a historical figure. Historical figure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know how I know him? I knew him like some TV series, some advertisements before. The Apprentice. Apprentice. The Apprentice, really? And then his... Uh, You're fired. Yeah. And his short time in WWE. Oh, right. When he True. was uh, he was uh, playing the millionaires versus millionaires. It was like Vince McMahon and versus exactly. uh, Donald J. Trump. The and they had billionaire. picked their own fighters. So I remember I was so focused on this story. He picked up Bobby Lashley and Vince McMahon picked up Umaga, the Samoan guy. Okay. The family of Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Right. So it was like two giants, right? And Donald J. Trump was that time like in my head like this guy is a complete entertainer man and then suddenly after so many years i heard he's fighting the election and i'm like wow this, this is guy is gonna be president i mean this is the best part i mean it's he's the greatest show on earth greatest show on earth <laughs> yeah so it's crazy man and then you get gifted a, a blue sapphire yeah on 47th street yeah that's crazy that's crazy what a what an end to that story. It's a the very American expensive dream. piece. And he's like, you can pay me whenever you want. I pay first this guy, not the other guys. Right. Because he trusted me so much. And you know what? I found some pieces with him, which I can still buy. But I don't want to do like last time, you know, like bring this down and pay later. Right, just, right, right, right. Whenever I arrive, I just do it right money on his time. table. Like this is the money. And I want to choose this, 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 this. Yeah. By the time, if it is still available. I'm yeah, not, of course. Yeah. But I want to make some relationship like that, you know, like in New York, like yeah. with some nice people there, even though it was a short trip, but it was a very useful trip. Yeah. Yeah. Study the landscape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you are back in Taiwan now. How long is it going to be? I think Taiwan is going to be special always for me. And uh, if I'm not wrong, I will spend most of my time in future in Taiwan. Wow. Most of my life, most of the part. Even if, let's say, I immigrate to another country, right? But Taiwan will be special. I would just, let's say, 70%. Wow. I will stay here, 30% to some other country. Wherever business takes you. 
wherever business takes me. But you want to be based here in Taiwan. In Taiwan. Possible. Wow. Taiwan. Yeah. Retire here, live here. Yeah. Have a wife. Have a wife. Have a beautiful have, child have beautiful that I met child. at the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do my best for them. Right. We have Uncle JC. Uncle JC is Uncle JC is a great uncle to have he's, here. He's, he's a great uncle. Shout out to the Taiwan godfather up yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> up in the secret palace in Tianmu. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful, man. It was beautiful with his. It's like a castle. Uh, his castle with some crazy history. Crazy history. Yeah, and enormous dogs that yeah. look like elephants. I think those are the original Taiwanese dogs. I know dogs, that's what right? he says. He says they're but they are like Taiwan go, but it's crazy. It's huge because they're not the typical Taiwan go. You know, it's not the two go, but it's what I feel. If you have seen the Greyhound, mm. the hounds are those giant dogs. Probably what my feeling is back in like Portuguese or mm, right in Taiwan the Portuguese time, yeah, Spanish time maybe Spanish time, yeah. The hounds were brought with some leaders or sailors, and then they had got mixed up with the Taiwanese breed, oh. and they become like this beauty which we saw last time. Because and then just for the elites, like <laughs> Mr. JC, yeah, those dogs were taller than me, man. I, they're so huge. So <laughs> even if we disclose the location, you don't want to go there. <laughs> oh, I guess the the preparations that Uncle JC have. Yes. I should have. <laughs> oh, that's true. That my, is, a gem dealer house, would need. A, I should have those hounds, you know. And I'm sure JC would love to gift you one. So <laughs> we'll just make it happen. You just gotta yeah. buy a, a buy big, a house next to his. Yeah, you know, castle. <laughs> exactly up in the mountains. You're good. Uh, it's a beautiful place. I I love the fact that he organized such a nice party. There's like, a wonderful Zhongchoujie barbecue, barbecue with a lot of family, a lot of friends. Yeah. New friends, old friends. Oh, we got a chance again. Exactly. It was so good. It was amazing. It was amazing, really. And um, I think uh, this is what Taiwan is, man. It's the vibe mm. of this country and the place is so beautiful. Like people are like, I don't know, man. I have no words sometimes to explain. When I go back to Thailand or I meet my family in India or somewhere, they ask me. Yeah, where is that place? Why are you there? Why don't you come back what's, home? What's so special about Taiwan? Like, this is the longest you have ever spent. I know. At one go. You I crazy mean, guy. You don't. How you don't, are you settling down? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain. You have to experience it by yourself. You can just go there, try it for a while, and you will know what I'm trying to say. Uh, not necessarily everyone will be like settling down here, but whatever time they will spend here will be the best. So for tourism, for food, for fun, for anything. I mean, Taiwan is great. And very luckily, if you are in need of some gems... We have the greatest gem dealer, Dr. Dre, in the house in Taiwan as well. So thank you so he much. He is here. I would I would try my best to serve with the good price. Yes. And the international certifications, so that people know exactly what they're investing in. And you know the good thing with certificate is even if sometime I'm missing out, I'm not here, and you have that certificate and the product is certified, you can just walk around anywhere to get the value. So I always tell people that buy from a reliable source, like from a company, not look for the someone like who doesn't even have a company or a name card or a proper address mm. where you can find them. So you will never get scammed for sure. You can fight the price, you can do whatever, but it has to be with a reliable source right yeah even i don't even do like wholesale business or mining with the illegals mm. i never do that mm. it has to be always correct way 
So that's the best thing. I mean, whenever I suggest anyone who doesn't know about this and they want to invest, like I told you, right, you cannot, if something happened, let's say something happened in Ukraine, right? Russia struck and something happened. The people in Ukraine, some might have millions of dollars houses, which they cannot take out now. Right. The value is uh, have to wait. Yeah. To I get mean, rebuilt. And at that or, moment, it'll sink. Yeah. It'll be worthless at but that point. But those who had gemstones, I know a very famous Ukrainian dealer. I won't spell his name here. Right. He took his gems out and he settled down in Thailand. Oh. That's it. That's it. That's all he did. It was so easy because he had everything he picked up, collected, go back to Thailand, go to Europe. You can just carry some, it in a backpack. Some other country carry it in a backpack. I know he would have lost a lot of money. He would have lost a lot of things, right. family, but at least he won't uh, have to worry about money. So it's an alternative currency. Yeah. Yeah. And like we mentioned, a nice store of value. Yeah, even in Taiwan, I didn't bring the cash of Taiwan. I just have my my Your wealth my ring right here. The first ring that I sold was quite expensive one. I just got rid of that. Even if I'm not getting the real value, but it's still a value. You get 30 less, 40 less. You get 60% in your hand. You get 70 in your hand. It's not mm. that money. And it's not as complicated as gold. Like kilos of gold you have to put in your bag and you have to run. No. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of that, like just in terms of practicality and the business of it, what do you recommend? You know, you're talking about like a store of value, right? And you just yeah. you just hinted at the difficulty of gold. It's huge. It's heavy. Yeah. We talked a little bit last time and there's some pretty famous documentaries about this recently as well about diamonds and yeah. the controversy or value, let's say, of, yeah. of diamonds as well. But what about you? Where would you put your money or where would you suggest people to kind of invest if they're looking at gems purely in a kind of investment? So, of course, diamond have value written on the price, uh, like Rappaport is mm, always there. Yes. But as you all know, like man-made diamond is getting more Synthetic. and more yes. right? famous and mm -hmm. it's coming with this value, which is 10%, 20% of the real value. It's always a good option. So they both complement each other. You know, someone looking to get a diamond with a very low cost, they can always go for the lab diamond. It's a green diamond. It's not mined right. with blood. And if someone go for the legal mining company for the diamond. They are certified. They get natural diamond. Mm. The value always grows. Yeah, of course. So they can go for those diamond. But then there is something about color stone, which is very unique. They cannot copy the color stone. They tried, but they couldn't because it's so unique. It's like us. It's like you and me. We both are human. We both are Asian. But then even though we are Asian, our features, our handprints are different. So each emerald here or each sapphire or ruby here, even though they are pair, their formation, their structure inside is totally different. Right. They it's, have their own fingerprint. It's so unique. It's a fingerprint. And it's made by God or nature or mm -hmm. whatever, or mm -hmm. science or Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. So how can we make that in the lab? That's a big challenge. You cannot clone the same phenomenon, the same impact, which has been caused by the Big Bang Theory or the earthquake or the volcano or whatever. Because gems are made after volcanic eruptions. The magma goes, it dries up, it cools down and it forms a mineral. And then we take it out. Right. But it takes uh, millions of years to get one gem. So let's say if they dried up, they become like uh, cashmere sapphires and... Uh, 
Uh, I can do a brief introduction whenever you tell me. I'll just uh, yeah bring out some of the product I have so that I can explain a little bit. Like Kashmir is a very controversial subject. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, what about these other ones? So um, Myanmar rubies we have here from Mogok. They're a little bit brighter. Then we have uh, some of the fancy sapphire from Kashmir. Some might say it's Pakistan Kashmir. Some might say it's only <laughs> or it's just Afghanistan or just Afghanistan. <laughs> it depends on the hand. So uh, this one here is a Brazilian emerald, and then here we have paparacha. Right, you're uh, mentioning that paparacha is a Sinhalese word. Okay. from Sri Lanka. So it means uh, the color of lotus flower mm. is dedicated to Buddha. So uh, basically it's the color of lotus. So once you see the lotus color, that means a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a beautiful pink. Yeah. And then we have a 30 carat. That's uh, a huge 30 Burmese, carat. Uh, sapphire. It's untreated. It's uh, Burma. It's certified. It's 30 plus. So I think it's probably ends up uh, maybe becoming a like an art deco piece like some sort of not a ring maybe like a brooch or Bro something brooch yeah I think. yeah uh, brooch uh, probably or even some women in asia like rings too wow <laughs> they, they go for huge, the huge cocktail rings <laughs> that's crazy rich asian then, style you know they make it in a way like it can always switch to a pendant and then go back to the ring oh it's a transformer ring the transformer <laughs> ring <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I have sold a 32 carat Colombian emerald before oh, in wow, Hong Kong and really? it, it was similar. And she she used it as a ring. She used it as a ring. Really? Yeah. That's insane. I think it's in her bank. Like right. Locker, maybe, just probably, chilling just, out there. Just chilling. As one of her wealth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ridiculous. And the, she took only five minutes to say yes for that piece. Really? Some people really like the piece. They would just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Asia, right? Yeah. It's a huge market and there's is, so much money here. It's a lot of, uh, I think if I'm not wrong, the cultural thing. Uh, what China, most of the people have been doing is they have been stocking large amount of color stones mm. and everything. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. So You're they, saying some of the best gemstones on the planet right now are in China. Are in now. China. So they're already there. Increasingly. And they're still buying nonstop. So so this is not necessarily mine there, but they are buying them up. They're yeah. buying up the world's supply. It's like a crypto or a stock market or whatever you can call it. It's an alternative currency. Right. And they know exactly what they are doing. And all those Indians, they're doing the same. But what Indians will go for, China will never go for. And China will go mm. for, India will never go for. Because... It's a different market. So they will collect whatever they don't want to compete with the Chinese. Right, 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 right. So let's say if uh, in China, blue is going really well and they will start going for the yellow sapphire. Right. <laughs> for the price. So both are actually very good competitors and they both really negotiate the deals really well. Uh, and uh, I think they're both very smart with this. Like, right. To exchange a lot of money in terms of gold and diamonds and color stones. Mm hmm because uh, they are getting wealthy and wealthy day by day and they have a lot of alternate currency. So uh, let's say a lot of friends from China move to other country. They can always have that extra edge, you mm. know, some savings. They can wear their savings. <sighs> it's amazing. <laughs> and what about you? What is your favorite piece ever that you cannot let go of? 
Um, is there I something? For me, all babies are special. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you are like a father, right? And you have three kids or five kids, you love each of them mm. because they are special in their own way. So but you don't uh, sell your babies. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't sell them, but you want them to be good. So for the gem, like if I want to hold on to something, I would never be able to get the value. So what I do is like if I get this piece and someone will say, I'm going to give you 2000 and I'm like, OK, 2000 is a good number for me. And I just give it. I don't keep it. So basically, I'm very detached. I mm. never attach myself to a lot of stuff. But uh, for me, any day, Ruby. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So Ruby has a special place in your heart. Yeah. Your heart is made of rubies. Yeah. <laughs> I think the color because uh, oh, yeah. what is even, it? even in the Chinese culture or Indian traditional, they like red as a very true, lucky, very important, lucky very important, color. Yeah. For New Year, for everywhere. So uh, one thing has to do with the thing, but you know, it's called very lucky. Okay. Like in a, yeah, in, it's an auspicious piece. Auspicious piece. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that color represents auspicious and a uh, lot of luck and a lot of taboo at the of same course. time. Yeah. So I think Ruby for me is the winner. It's the winner. And the most best investment. Okay. So you will be buried with a big Ruby. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's uh, a lot of money to be, <laughs> to be buried with. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, what about you? Uh, any preference with the colors? Oh, I mean, in front of me, this table is crazy, right? <laughs> the funny thing is when you came in here, you know, you're like, I just picked a couple samples for you, you know. Yeah. But of course, as you mentioned, you have so many pieces, yeah, so yeah. many pieces on consignment or in other yeah, shows yeah. or this other things. This is just a premiere. This is just a premiere. Yeah. <laughs> Probably I would say that sometime I, I'm like a gambler, you know, like mm. people, they can't give up playing game in the casino. Yes. It's like they will lose, but they will go again. I'm like feeling sometimes like I'm so, so done with myself. I, I can't <laughs> control myself buying stuff. I have two things. Like before you used to be shoes, like every month, every one week, I would pick up a Get shoe. Get a new pair of shoes. And then I, uh, my house was like, I don't have space. So I stopped. So my fascination is like that. Like sometimes I will get- Just stuck on something. Just stuck on something, right? And with this, I have been stuck for my life now. I, I don't know how to, how to control get, that. Yeah. <laughs> get over it. I know, man. Yeah. This is a crazy journey. Yeah. So this will never end, you think? This is something which, which is not- not like medicine it's not a, like it has an expiry or it will get expired you right know? i can pass on to my son i mean right these are thousands and thousands of years old right millions of years yeah. of you know chemistry the good thing is when you have meteoroids or crystals or even precious gems there is something common about them they are all emitting some energy because uh remember they are formed in the nature so everything comes in the nature have some energy it doesn't mean they're not moving they don't have they have it's just that our eyes cannot see that but we can feel that we can sense that i mean have you heard about color therapy right mm -hmm. even if you wear some clothes it gives a huge impact on your brain your surroundings whenever you enter your room the color of the room the office like this room is so vibrant it's so eye-opener mm -hmm. So everything has to do with some color therapy. The gem, of course, the color therapy. And then they are natural. They have some chemicals. They have energy. You know, chemicals can make people crazy, right? We eat chemicals when we have drugs for fever, cough, whatever. And this is having those chemicals inside. So 
those molecules, those atoms, everything has impact. I'm not saying anything superstitious, but it's very scientific. Basically, you're just saying that this is your biggest disease and yeah. your biggest cure. Yeah. <laughs> this is my medicine. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and my sickness. Exactly. Well. That's right. At the same time. That is it. It's amazing, though. It's a beautiful one, man. And your story is absolutely crazy. Your Thank story you. is amazing. You've been through nine lives or more. <laughs> and we hope that you continue on with another hundred and keep oh. buying more time, more time. Keep doing what you're doing and just also like, you know, sharing this love. Yeah. You know? And if I get the chance, I'll show you the cashmere safari. Oh, man. As, as I'm going as... uh, to hold you to that. I can't wait to see that. But, but you are flying to Thailand, so you might... Oh, I might actually go see it there. Yeah. I can show <laughs> I'll go you visit there. your office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're there at the same time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we'll make it happen one way or another, whether it's in Thailand, in Taiwan, yeah. wherever. Yeah. Yeah. It's Probably, a beautiful thing. Uh, you will see that. Can't wait. Because uh, the size I told you, it's uh, quite rare to find. It, it's a big size. So I'm just thankful can see that and I can have it. Uh, see, I'm not even thinking about selling it. Exactly. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. I'm like, I could just keep it. Exactly. All right. We'll have to try to figure out a way to get it here one of these days. And then we'll just put it in front of us and just talk and let the energy. Yeah. Let we, the energy we, do I, another I podcast episode. Pear and those two giants exactly the and then and then let's see what words it pulls out of our mouths yeah <laughs> that'll be our follow-up episode that will be it yes the point is <laughs> this man is full of millions of stories like this kind of spread on the table this yeah. is just a sneak peek of what this man has in his mind in his life i have heard other things at parties i know there's a lot more to be said so i'm sure we'll we'll speak again We'll bring the power of that huge gemstone here and we'll sure. uh, follow up with another another episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll bring out some interesting things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Dr. Drew, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time out today. My pleasure. And thank you so much. Yeah. Sharing those stories. All right, everyone. So we wish everyone an auspicious, colorful, therapeutic day <laughs> uh, and a life ahead of you. And if you yes. need some help along the way, you know who to talk to. So contact us and we'll put you in contact with the man himself, Dr. Drew. Thank you. Thank you very much, Drew. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Have a great day and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.